Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. Good evening, ladies and gents. That is right, I am back for yet another bloody series of Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. This is Series 5, Episode 1. But I promise this season is going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm pulling out all the stops to bring you some really fantastic stories from Pro Wrestling Few History. Um, we're, we're going to have champions, ex-champions, double champions, people that have never been in Pro Wrestling Few but have got such an influence on Pro Wrestling Few that we need to tell those stories as well. So we're going to do a bit of this, bit of that, bit of everything. And today we are starting with someone that I'm pretty certain if you ask anyone that's paid attention to Pressing Few, he has been, he's had the company built around him to a point, and he has done something that nobody else has done. Not only, not only has he held two bouts at the same time, he's taken them to multiple author countries. Now, not a lot of other people have done that. To my knowledge, nobody else has done that. And he's held the belt for, uh, I think it's over 1,200 days. Nobody in wrestling does that, let alone pro wrestling for you. So we had to get this guy on to be the very first episode in a brand spanking new series. So please, allow me to introduce to you. I knew him as Jürgen Heimlich, then Jukin, then Mark Lasek. We're just going to call him Mark, because let's be honest, he's had a million different names. Mark, how the <laughs> devil are you doing? I'm really good. Uh, I'm pretty pretty stoked to be episode one. Pretty cool. Well, mate, like, like I know, you know the intro kind of sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but the fact, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit, yeah, but it's the fact of the matter is you have taken that G6 belt abroad, yeah, you know, on numerous occasions. You have um, defending it against people that have never. I mean, there's people in the UK that have never heard of person for you, and yet it's on Japanese TV. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That that's we we had to have you on episode one. We we couldn't have done it yeah, with anybody else. Thanks. I, I do appreciate that. You know, I've been listening to some of the other seasons and I was like hoping you'd touch on bits and bobs. And, but I'm pleased we, you know, we can do a bit of a one on one and have a, uh, an in depth chat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, ladies and gents, we're going to be kind of uh, chronicling, if that's that word, chronicling yeah. um, every sort of G6 match. And there's a couple of little bits and pieces even either side um, that we're going to fill in as well. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly because. Even though this was it, twelve no wait, twelve hundred and seventy-five days. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in that kind of ballpark. Now, nothing in wrestling goes plain sailing. If you've, if anyone listening to this has ever been in the business, you'll know that no show ever goes unscathed. Someone drops out, someone leaves early, someone no shows, somebody does this, that, the other. It, everything can happen. And with Mark's 1,200-plus-day reign, there's everything involved in this. Some really great stuff, some pretty bad stuff, and some pretty, <laughs> and some pretty ugly stuff. And we're not going to leave any of this out. We're going we're to tell you absolutely everything that we can possibly lay on the table for you. So you get the entire Duke and Jürgen Heimlich, Mark Lasek, Mark the guy story because it's he's got a lot to bring to the table and this is why we really want to tell this story but i think the question we have got to ask you first and foremost is there another name before jürgen heimlich uh oh god <laughs> okay so when i first started training i was mucking about and i used to do this like running diving headbutt into it was like a spear but with no 
no arms. Yeah. And I used to call it the harpoon for some reason. <laughs> and uh, someone at training said, well, why don't you call yourself Mr. Harpoon or something like that? So I think I'd come up with like Johnny Harpoon or some gubbins like that. But luckily it went <laughs> for about two weeks. <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, that, there was nothing. And, and the, the, the German gimmick came from something ridiculous as well, to be honest. I mean, Johnny Harpoon. I mean, let's be let's be honest. No one starts in this business, or at least very few people start in this business with a name that lasts them right the way through their career. You know, was Steve Austin was going to be was it um, uh, Mister Free Sinclair or something like that? You know I mean, like everybody goes through so many incarnations with their wrestling names. Uh, I think Drill was one of my sort of worst ones I've ever heard. He was going to be called Dwight Power. I mean, is drill much better? I think no one ever asks me why drill's called drill. They've I, even I've never asked him why it's called drill. I just I just drill that. It's like I just accept <laughs> accept it, you know. But Dwight Power has got to be up there with one of the most horrendous wrestling names in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Great. So you're Johnny Harpoon for two weeks. So how did Jurgen Heimlich come about? Right. Okay, you remember Shane Spiral? Yeah. He was dating the German girl at training. <laughs> and uh, she, there was like a, a company in Mansfield that were, I don't know if they're still going or whatever, but I've got nothing to lose. They were crap. <laughs> and uh, Shane used to work for him a few times. And, and this girl he was dating, she put herself on a show as like a valet, but she had a spot in the match where she climbed to the top rope and just fell off. So, me being me, I, I was taking the Mickey out of it in training and putting the German accent on in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone's like, oh, that accent's well good. You should, you should be a German. And even she came up and said, oh, you should also be a German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then I bought myself this random, disgusting singlet with Einstein on the backside, and that was it. <laughs> wow. Just from taking the piss out of a German girl. You you create you you got your career um, off to a flying start. Yeah, and it, what, also what it was is Sticks, who was my trainer. He said, you know, oh Brian Dixon likes gimmicks like that. It, it, you've got a job for life if you do that. So I'm yeah, I, I can understand that one. Yeah, I mean, but like this this is going to be really difficult to, to kind of talk about. But knowing that you're going to be um, a German character on. English shows, you know, I mean, I've, I've even been there at a House of Pain show um, when you, you had somebody in the front, uh, sort of front row, basically calling you a Nazi. And that same guy dragged me out of the ring once. <laughs> that, I, it was over a course of a, a good few months and uh, I was really getting under his skin. He was getting up, you know, wiping his ass with me, flagging everything. <laughs> and it got uh, to the point where I think I just touched the nerve of him. I mean, you know, I'll Anyone who's seen your shows know I'll go back and forth with people. Um, but I think he took it to heart and tried to drag me out and other people had to get him in the middle because one of us was going to hit each other. If he'd have gone for me, I'd have gone for him, you know. But Yeah. To sit back and let it happen almost. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, you must have known that you were going to get that kind of reaction from someone in the audience. I mean... Absolutely. I mean, we've just seen you know, the, the the football with was it the, the crying little German girl and people are tweeting her saying, "Well, that's to get you back for your granddad and disgusting things like that." It's like, 
Oh. It's it's really strange because when you actually sit back and look at it, it's, it's quite a pathetic vendetta, isn't it? It's yeah. So, so far in the past. And, and also, my grandma was German and she was totally cool with the gimmick as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed a few, a few, uh, few videos and she was like, yeah, that's all right, isn't it? She says, do you get a good kick in? I was like, yeah. As long as you're doing your job. <laughs> I mean, so, so that does officially make you, you know, somewhat partly German, though. I guess a quarter. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that qualifies. That's you. Know, that's not going down a, a terrible route if you are you. You've got that in your bloodline. I suppose that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I mean, could you could you do that character in twenty twenty one? It depends if you work. No, do you know what? Even All Star don't really do that sort of thing as much anymore, do they? They're trying to. I don't know. But what I was seeing last, there's a lot less of that. Yeah, it seems a lot less. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems like a lot, a lot less obvious. They, they kind of they're not going down the the uh, quite so obvious route these days. But uh, it is yeah. super heat, though, isn't it? If we're thinking about it, and you know, it's quite lazy heat. Yeah, it is. It's 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 appealing to the lowest common denominator. Just getting under the skin of people that are very <laughs> easy to provoke and. Um, yeah. The sort of people that Poppy's uh, been banned on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> those those people. Oh God. Oh God. yeah. <laughs> ah, so we are gonna have to, we are gonna have to get into because I know you started with us. Um, it was you started before you started, which I know sounds weird. But like, how would I have even met you at this point to float you this idea? Um. Well, I think the first time I met you, you were filthy bastard. At, at bids, which was my first outside booking. Oh, okay. I didn't realise you'd, you'd got booked at bids. Yeah, and you gave me a business card. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. He what said, a dick. Oh, I'm filthy bastard. Here's my card. <laughs> it was a pro wrestling for you one. I think it was yellow one. It had a yellow <sighs> on it, if I remember right. Yeah, I think that sounds about right as well. Oh, look, I've got business cards now, but at least they're a bit more professional then. It was just Vista print, you get 50 full of five, the kind of thing. Yeah, I think you just started, to be honest. It was around that sort of time, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been definitely within my first sort of two years t- uh, tops. Yeah, I think you'd sort of book like Shane Spiral and Alex Grace and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Alex I, so around about that time yeah because I, mean, I felt yeah I'd, I'd still been at um united until maybe late 2012 early 2013 that makes uh, sense. yeah somewhere in that in that kind of gap so i just would have saw i think in fact, I, fact i can tell you when it was it was december 2011 wow have you got your little uh, your little black book of uh, dates and entries there oh i, I remember it because like i say it's my first outside booking and it was Within a few months of my first match, which was in July of 2011. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's because, it's, I mean, I, I'm trying to go back through this for people that um, you know, haven't been in this wrestling business. Card, you know, show day cards change, e- even while the show is in, is in progress. You know, we, we swap, swap matches round, we swap finishes. Um, some people have to leave, some people arrive late. 
like the, the show is ever changing. So if if I don't remember every single detail, I do apologise. I do my best, and I've got to give a big shout out to CageMatch.net because they do provide us with a seriously detailed um, sort of uh, diary of all press and few shows. I've got to give a big, big shout out to them. So I've got your first entry down for us because I know I would have booked you um, early enough with an idea because what I wanted was an international feel to pro and few. I've never really been a football guy, but I love what World Cups and European Championships bring to the table. And seeing just how good you are with that German accent, I don't know if you would have started the ball rolling for me or if I had that idea and you just happened to fit into it. I don't know which way around those two things would have been. Hmm. I don't know. I can't answer that because you booked me. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's. I don't it, know. It's, Maybe I was one of the more active people um, doing a, a foreign gimmick at the time because I think a lot of the guys you booked either weren't I don't, I don't know weren't well known or weren't actually foreign sorry <laughs> yeah no I, I had, I had a, yeah, 2012 2013 I had a very small network you know, I didn't know that many people that, that I know now um yeah. so with me being uh working at United Wrestling up at the infamous shithole bids club um yeah. I was just yeah I was just using people that I, I'd see and I could uh, I think I was the general manager and and United Wrestling champion there, yes, at one point. So I could watch most of the matches, and that was just me sat there going, I'm getting paid to scout talent for my own show. This kind of works for me. This, you know, I can do this. This is good. Um, and so, yeah, I think I would have booked you in maybe late 2012, maybe early, no, it would have been early to middle, somewhere 2013. Because you you actually debuted for us before you were meant to debut for us. Yeah. Um, I've got it written down as Silverdale Showdown 5 on the 6th of December 2013. It was yourself and uh, the infamous Mr. Paul Malin versus Battle Squad Awesome. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, from what I can remember, you were, you were subbing for Joseph Connors. I can't remember if he maybe got injured or he, he put... In it. I can tell you what happened with you, and it's not really my story. But you know the uh, the injury he got to his to his ear. Yeah. And that time, if I remember rightly. Oh, okay. I'm sure, I may be mistaken, but I'm sure it was around that time. You know what? You know, if, if it is, that that's a fantastic little tidbit that I, I genuinely did not know. Because I think I was actually no, I wasn't living with Joe. I'd been living with him a few months before, so actually my timeline's wrong. It didn't happen then. Was, ah. uh, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I've been with him, like I say, 2012 for a few months. Between houses. So. Yeah. It didn't work out right. <laughs> sorry, Phil. No, it's fine. Mate, you, you, had, you had more story than I did. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take your word over, over it. So, um, yeah, like, there's, an, there's an infamous picture of you from this show that has lived on an infamy since. It's uh, yourself and uh, is it? Go on, go on. I was going to say, do you know something about that picture that got me another five or six bookings for that picture alone? <laughs> How? Because of the facials. <laughs> ah, see, there you are, ladies and gents. If you're listening to this and you're a wrestling trainee, get your facials in. Make them big, make them loud, make them obvious. 
Yeah. It's a, it's, is it Diamond Dave that's kind of like better, sort of bear hugging you, picking you up full of German, and you've got a very... Takedown. Yes. Give me a waistlock takedown. And I always used to jump up real high and, like, try, try and show as much of myself as I could, you know. And, and, you know, they always say, like, you've got to sell and make the move look as big as possible. So that's what I was trying to do, essentially. I just I was flailing around and pulling <laughs> goofy faces and just trying to make Dave look as good as I could while getting my own shit in at the same time. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you've never thanked me for those extra bookings. I'm, just, I'm not going to put you on the spot now. Cheers, Am man. I? <laughs> <laughs> no, to be, no, to be fair, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I got trained that no matter what you do, make it big, make it loud, make it vibrant, make it so that the people at the back of the room can see it, not just the front row. So, yeah, you and know, that, that's so why I was quite a noisy wrestler as well, for the same same reason, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, was well, loud and. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the point. I mean, we, we've like I'll I'll be honest. We've had some wrestlers come to person for you that have wrestled on mute, and it's I know it's a personal pet fever for Dan, the announcer, Chris, the DJ, and me as well, because we're kind of all in the same boat. And just some people come in and they wrestle really quietly, really sort of snug, and it's like no, make it loud and vibrant, and like get get the people at the back of the room that can't wait, that haven't got a great view. Let them see it because then they go, oh, okay, that's something like you actually hit him. I'm kind of getting a bit more into this. So absolutely. And then on the flip side, when you're working with that person, you almost have to overcompensate for, for that noise as well. Yeah. But you know, I never used to mind doing that. <laughs> wow. So we got you. Uh, yeah, subbing for Joe Joe Connors, the sixth of December, two thousand and thirteen. Now you didn't actually make your debut 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 till the sixth of June. 2014, so a good you know, six months later, where you were in the second of, I think we named it the World G Cup. The World G, yeah, World G6 Cup, the G6 champ. Um, oh, I don't bloody know, I'll be honest. Come on, Phil. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a very long decade. But it, the name kept changing because the name on the match graphics didn't usually line up with the name we were putting on the statuses. So, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you came in yeah, the 6th of June, it was you representing Germany, we had Pyro representing Japan, we had the mighty Zukov representing Russia, and one of my absolute favourites, we had to crowbar this one in, but I think it's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ryan Hendricks representing Jamaica. <laughs> I remember that. But you know what, it worked, because it's silly, and our crowd just went, alright, cool, and they started chanting sexy Hendricks and... Ryan got over quite nicely from it because people just went, all right, he loves Jamaica, he's got dreads. That's cool, that's cool enough by us. Yeah, he was, he was a, a good laugh, he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Ryan's, Ryan's still doing it now. He's, he's a very happy you know, vegetarian, vegan wrestler. He's yeah, absolutely amazing. Cannot say enough good about him. But um, before I kind, of, I kind of dig into this match, because I'm pretty certain there's one bit I could really want to talk about. The one that, re- that set the ball going is a, a the very first match in this sort of world. We'll, we'll call it the World G Cup because I think we were trying to rip off TNA's World X Cup. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right now. Yeah. Um, so on our sort of anniversary show, it would have been the seventh of March, two thousand and fourteen. Seattle Showdown Six. Uh, there was no no Jurgen at this point, but there was Gies, which I think would, might have been a guy that you may have put me onto because he was a House of Pain guy. A French guy. 
Yep, the French guy. Yeah. Um, Guise representing France. Damien Dunn re uh, representing England. Uh, Edwards representing uh, America. And Morgan Webster of NX NXT UK fame representing Wales. Which, uh, which yeah, that, that, there's, there's a bit of talent mixed in that one. Guise was a bit of a strange kind of dude. <laughs> um, they say the least. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really get a chance to sort of get to know him at all. I just he was just there, then all of a sudden he wasn't, and yeah. but because he was so over the top character, kind of fell into the same kind of boat as you know yourself, over the top French guy. It's it's lazy heat, but you know what? I'll take it. No one's gonna Nazi salute a French guy, so. No, but he was I'll in a stable with myself and and Zukov, who we actually ended up calling Gherkin for some reason. Uh, <laughs> that's a pain. Uh, so I, I knew I knew Guise was we used to call him Guise, but you know he used to know him quite well, and it, it, he he had a lot of potential, but I I think uh, he kind of got in his own head a little bit, which is unfortunate. You know he he could have done some good stuff, and I and yeah. I was at that show, but I was sat watching. Oh okay okay, I mean like would would I have like invited you along and said jump you know, jump in and did you yeah on the show. So it's that game. Did you have Jenna on the show? She might have been announcing. Um, she was this... looking for you at that time, wasn't she? Yeah, I'm pretty certain that's right. So that's probably why I came then. There we are. See, so, so you're filling in all the blanks. You're good at this detail stuff. Me, not so much. But you know, I, I do. I do the best I can. But yeah, you know what? That actually, that actually just makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously that was that was March. Uh, Damien Dunn went went through in that one. We were meant to make it into a tournament, and it kind of goes wrong a bit at the end. Um, but we'll, obviously, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. So we get to your match, the 6th of June, 2014. Civil Showdown 7 is obviously it's you, it's Pyro, it's Zukov, and it's Hendrix. I'm pretty certain in this match, Zukov stiffs the hell out of someone. I didn't remember if it was Pyro or Ryan Hendrix. I don't remember which. I know someone I came in the back and said, my no even my nose is broken or something like that i think it was ryan because i watched it back and uh, gherkin was a bit unsteady on his feet sometimes it... yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it just kind of reminded me of like a six foot five hairy baby a bit like george Dawes from shooting stars because he just he seemed really light on his feet but extremely heavy on his feet all in the same context yeah yeah, uh, you know what, <laughs> dude, he's a very good dude. I like him. But again, he's another guy, a very obvious um, sort of character. Not doing anything anymore. Not doing anything, anything in wrestling. Has he just gone his own way? Yeah, I think he had a family, and then just it, you know, it, as, as happens to quite a few people, it just sort of becomes less of a priority. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. But any any fond memories from uh, from this match? Uh, just. Just gherkin, to be honest. <laughs> I, th I think I remember selling in a corner just watching and giggling to myself. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really my biggest takeaway from that match, to be honest. You're just sitting to one side and pissing yourself laughing, looking at him. Now, on a, on a serious note, I think we you said to us beforehand you want you know us to showcase Ryan quite well because he, I think, did he get eliminated quite early or? Yeah, I think he might have been the first one eliminated. I mean, it would make sense to get rid of one of the faces early. Yeah, yeah. So we, we tried to shine him up really nice, and because I I know you liked him and you had a 
a, an idea to potentially bring him back. So, yeah, we tried to get his Yeah. Stuff. We ended up bringing him back with uh, with Pyro on the very next show. I think as uh, Tokyo Runnings, I think I named them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's from the brain of Woodvine right here. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? Like, I, like I do give myself a very hard time sometimes with some of the shit I've created. But every so often, I'll come up with something like that. And I'll go, you know what? The crowd are into them, so fuck it, whatever. If they enjoyed it, I, I'm, I'm going to let that one go. I'm, I'm at peace with Tokyo Runnings. So, it's, you know what? It works for Silverdale. It's perfect. So, yeah, you know your audience okay. better than anybody. So. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's no show in the world where they're all winners. You know, every show's got to have a bad match. Every show's got to have something that, that doesn't work. So, yeah, I try not to beat myself up too much about it. But because I know what you're like, you've got such a great eye for wrestling, and and specifically a great ear for wrestling. And not everyone has got a great ear for wrestling. Someone that can stand behind the curtain, not watch the action, and go, okay, they need to pick it up now. They need to slow it down now. I wish the crowd were into this. Oh, I wish they'd have taken that out. Blah, blah, blah. I know you've got such a good ear for wrestling. Like, in your own words, so I'm obviously not going to lead you on with this. How would you describe that pro wrestling for you crowd? Uh, I'll tell you what. My biggest takeaway was always they are, you know, mostly a family crowd and they want to be entertained. But you can throw plenty of indie gubbins at them and they'll lap it up. But if you go too far, it, it's too much. Yeah. Makes sense. You, you just need to, I don't know, once, once, once they've seen you a couple of times and they like you, they, they tell you they like you. And you, you know you're doing a good job. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I always tell people that um, we, we, had a, we had a rumble show. It was Press Infused, the full Monty. It was 2018. Um, I'm there dressed as Where's Wally, infamously. And... I, we had a lot of people there. You know, we had 30 people in that match. And there was a couple of guys, brand spanky new. I think Ritmo was one of them. And th- there's a couple of us. And I said to them, Luke, when you go through that curtain, don't expect them to know who you are. And they kind of like took that a bit offensively. Like, no, 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 no. They're not an internet savvy crowd. They don't buy the DVDs. They just want to come along for the night, maybe buy a memento get involved and then go home and then they're done till the next one. They're not going to hang on every word. They're not going to go, oh, I loved him. I'm going to see who he is on the internet later on tonight. They're not going to do that. Salmon. The only way to do that is if you do silly salmon. Yeah. I mean, that, that gets you into the hearts of people, but that's taken Ritmo a few shows to get to that point. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know? that point when we get to that match as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> We're going all over the place now. We're going to go back to Silverdale Showdown 8. So now, originally, I thought this would have been yourself, who won, obviously, your four-way. Damien Don, who won his four-way. The winner of that goes against the G6 champion. Now, if I've got my facts right, and I'm about to do a bit of digging on this one, we last minute changed the G6 belt from Mark Morgan, who was a face at this point, uh, over to Max Angelis, who was who was a heel. So with you knowing that you're going to win and you can't go up against a heel, because heel versus heel just wouldn't ever work for us, and it doesn't really work anywhere, we kind of had to mix it up or bring someone forward a little bit or just mix, you know, just kind of crowbar it in there. So we made him Max Angelis, the G6 champion, versus you, 
this is Damien Don. Is that how you how you remember it? Didn't um, Van Damage have a little run with it, or am I mistaken there? He did. He didn't have a run with it. He had. Um, I know he had a good uh, few marks, didn't he? Yeah. So I think maybe somewhere along Silver Showdown five or six, somewhere in that kind of gap, Mark Morgan no showed no showed a show for us, and. It was a bit hit and miss. He had the G6 belt. It was a bit hit and miss. And it was Max Angelis, actually, who said, why don't you just put it on me? I'll drop it to whoever you want me to, whenever you want me to. Just move it over. Then you're not going to have these issues. And then I'll just drop it to whoever you want. And this was an hour before the show had started. Yeah. So this this is long-term planning. Uh, you were long-term planning. We wanted to move the G6 onto you. But how it gets yeah. there can take... Road A, B, Road B, Road C, Road D. Um, as long as we get to the point the belt on you, that was that we didn't mind which route we took. So we switched it from Mark onto Max and Jalis. Um, Max, yeah, I think he had a few defenses with Van Damage and a couple other people. And then we get to Civil Showdown Atix, the G6 champion Max and Jalis versus Jurgen Heimlich versus Damien Dunn. So what do you what do you remember from this match? Um, an overcomplicated, sloppy finish, and something that Max told me before, and the finish went almost completely against what he said. So what Max said was, make this, make the finish of this match the tone setter for the for your reign of this belt. And I think for some reason we totally overcomplicated the finish by I think there was a foot on the ropes or something, and it wasn't it wasn't big enough for the crowd to see. So I think it was kind of lost. So I, I think the finish could have been better, but I think that was our part of the planning that slot that up, if that makes sense. So that wasn't me, that was on the three of you, uh, or was, was I involved in that? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just trying to dig myself out of a hole, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> to be honest, no matter what you've what you said, it, it's in the execution. So I think the fault actually comes to me, to be honest, Phil. <laughs> Fucking hell! We'll, 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 call, we'll call it even. We'll call it a draw. You know. It, can you, can you tell I'm not wrestling anymore, and I'm just, you know, taking a blank for a few things. I know, fucking hell! I, um, I've, I've, I've got a sweat on the go. I've never heard that from a performer before. So you know what? That one's on me. Never happens. Um, the thing that I really loved about this match is, I mean, there was not a single person in that crowd that liked Max. He was just, he was one of those kind of heels. Like he had his jeans and an American T-shirt on. He took the the, the camera away from the, the ringside videographer and started to like film the audience and hump the camera at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was in Max's I don't give a shit phase, wasn't it? Because he was doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah he was, uh... boot at the same time, wasn't he? One wrestling yeah. boot, one motorbike boot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, um, a professional, but... Definitely kind of walked to the beat of his own drum. Yeah. Um, I, thought. Sorry, again. I thought Max was brilliant, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'm pretty certain it was you that told me this after, because I don't remember, obviously, there's no way I'm going to remember, but I think it was Max that said, okay, I need to get pinned first yeah. and leave them two out there. I'm going to get pinned nice and early so that the crowd are like, oh, shit, we're going to have a new champion. Yeah. I was pretty certain... He said, look, I'm losing the belt and it's not about me. That it's about yeah. you guys having a good match and setting the tone. So, yeah, that was Mac. 
Yeah. So so for someone that we've said, yeah, yeah, he's in his you know, giving a shit phase, like he's still in the right presence of mind yeah. to do what is needed for yourselves and for the belt and for the company. So Yeah. Yeah. Max is a, Max is really good. And again, he's someone that's got a great mind for, for wrestling. And you know, same same as with um a few people will talk about. I was on the road quite a lot with Max. We used to do a lot of All Star shows, and he, the stuff he'd tell you and talk to you about, and the advice he'd give was, was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, what, what again? He's another guy that we were going to mention, just not in wrestling anymore. I mean, he had a phenomenal look. Like he, he looked like like I'm going to say, if he looked like a model. He's a very handsome dude, and. Yeah. I say very good mind for the business. Just another guy that, uh, unfortunately, probably didn't get his dues, and now he's no longer in wrestling, from what I'm aware. No, I think he's a personal trainer now. I mean, that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, he was always a good-looking so, dude. Yeah, he's he's doing well, from what I can see. So, yeah, I, I I've seen him a couple of times, and I hear a lot because I still keep in contact with a lot of people. So yeah, to be doing well. I mean, obviously, we're going to move on because I know we're mentioning lots of names that are no longer in wrestling, but they're kind of still about you. Know, you you might run into them and all this sort of thing. When we get to talking about this very next show, which is the 14th of November 2014, Press Infused November Rain, we've debuted at a brand new venue, the uh, infamous Holy Trinity Club. Um, yeah. We've got another person that was meant to be on this show that's also kind of disappeared. I do not know where this dude is for love nor money. Fan damage. We've talked about him a little bit. Fantastic Luke. The nicest, most sweetest guy almost. Like really shy, really quiet, really humble. Uh, great Luke. Um, decent enough in the ring. Still a bit green around the gills, but... He was picking it up quick though, wasn't he? Yeah, picking up really, really quick. I mean, he had um, a bit of a moment in a match with, let me think, let me think, uh, the Wild Boar. Where I think Wild Ball landed on his chest and Van Damage was fucked. Like he was, he was, you could tell it really hurt him, but he struggled through, absolute yeah, professional. But another guy that doesn't get enough credit and no one's heard of him. I like, heard of him since for like at least five years. He's just disappeared. Yeah. It's a shame, but isn't it? It is, it is, a, it is a shame. He could, he could have been riding the top of whatever card that he wanted to be on. But again, just another guy that's, hopefully he's doing well, but no one, no one's heard from him, seen him or anything for at least half a decade now. So Crazy. It, it is a bit of a shame. But we did move on to uh, Press Infusion November Rain. So yeah, we debuted at a brand new venue, the Holy Trinity. And this is when we used to do evening shows at the Holy Trinity. Um, nice, compact venue. We'll probably get maybe 150, 160 tops in there, but the crowd are really up close, really close to ringside. Um, and we debuted against a, a friend of yours, uh, Mr. Danny Chase, one half of Battle Squad Awesome. That's right. I think, uh, go on, sorry. I'll no, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I could be talking out my arse, but this is kind of how I remember. Um I think we had Battle Squad Awesome booked in as a tag. Diamond Dave had to drop out, and it was just an easy solution to go, well, we've not booked uh, Jürgen's match yet. This will be a good fit. He's been against Battle Squad before. Um, Danny Chase needs an opponent. They worked together at House of Pain. 
win, win, win. Let's let's put that together. I didn't know. That could be me talking out my arse, but knowing how I think, you yeah. go, you know what, I've got two broken pieces here, let's put them together. It could very well be the case. I, I don't remember, I just remember seeing the match graphic for you, you telling me that I was wrestling Danny, which is, you know, I'd wrestled Danny quite a bit by that point, so I knew it would, we could do something. So what, what do you remember most about this match? Because I know we're starting down the route of you doing um, submission finishes, which I think was my uh, my idea perhaps yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, notice, notice how your voice drops then <sighs> it, yeah it was I, I'll tell you why it, um, the finish I didn't like it and and there's two reasons for that um, was because I didn't actually have any submissions and the one I chose was dog shit to be honest I think I tried to do like a Romero special which is like the, the surfboard yeah, turned it into like a dragon sleeper, and it just looked absolute art. It was, <laughs> it just went down like a, a wet fart in a lift. It was grim. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like, I, again, knowing me and knowing how, how you know, the the high regard of which I I held you then, and by the way, I still do. I've got no issues with, with admitting that. Um, it was kind of aspirational because I thought this crowd are taking you serious. How I see you backstage. You're very, very professional. You're one of the only people, aside from me, that brushes their teeth before a show. <laughs> like that level of, of professional, that like I pick up on that. Like I notice that. If, if, if there's anyone at, at backstage at a show that doesn't think I am watching everything like a fucking hawk, you're wrong. I do. It all goes in. Sometimes it takes a day or two to fully digest and I go was he brushing his teeth yeah he was brushing his teeth oh okay okay because we've got a million and one things going on on show day but yeah, people backstage took you very professionally very seriously people um in the crowd took you very professionally and seriously and I thought well we need we need someone with a submission finish um and I just thought you were the perfect guy to to do that but I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. So back to the toothbrushing thing. That was <laughs> absolutely pasted into me by when I went to Thailand to train with Emi Sakura. She would smell our breaths and check our nails at every training session. And she's like, you will brush your teeth. You will have short nails. And that, that includes your feet as well, because we used to train barefoot in Thailand. Yeah. So that, that mindset was always instilled in I always took that forward. Even when I had to brush my teeth in sinks that people had pissed in, I'd still brush my teeth. Oh. <laughs> please, please tell me that wasn't at one of my venues. No, it wasn't at your venues. It was a an old House of Pain venue in Arnold. Oh, thank fuck for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the submission thing. I, I, I get where you were coming from. I just didn't have the... Um, the move set or the aptitude to, to think on my feet with it, I think. And yeah. I mean, um, you grew. Let's suppose you grew into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, and we've all never, got to start somewhere. I was never completely comfortable with it, to be honest. Yeah. But I could see where you were going with it, so I was quite, you know, I was willing to go along with it and and see if I could improve on it because I always took that if you were giving me an instruction or or something you wanted to see, then it's my job to try and get that over. Do you know what I mean? And you're also you're helping me to get better by having to think like that so yeah, yeah. 
I mean, when we said at the start of this podcast, no one, no one ever. Uh, if you if you're not evolving, then what the fuck are you doing? You know, you've got to try new things. Um, you've got to be willing to kind of get out your comfort zone in life, not just in wrestling. You know, you've got to be willing to to, to try new stuff, to meet new people, to try new things, because you never know what you're going to be good at until you do it. That's right. Um, and apart from maybe, well, definitely the babyface pitbull, I didn't really have anyone on my roster that I looked at as a submission wrestler or someone that could do it. And I'd believe him. Mm. Um, so you, you're in a party of two there. It was yourself and the babyface pitbull, who I will be interviewing at some point uh, this season as well. Um, yeah, and I just thought, you know what? Because you, you, you are so creative that I could tell you're uncomfortable, but I knew you were going to go, okay, if this is what he wants, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to try some bits and pieces out. If it fails, I'll try again next time. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, I, I was trying different things or just trying to tweak it here and then just see what worked. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it was easy for me to work at house of pain, for example, because I was there quite regularly and I didn't, I couldn't gauge if what I was doing was working. So fortunately, I think pro wrestling for you had to be that place where I'd try these submissions in, in these matches sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that was the kind of downfall of pressing for you, not doing that many shows. I think we were maybe quarterly at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, like if if you get if you cut a promo on someone, and you're like, I really hate you. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tear your head off in three months' time. <laughs> it, it sounds a bit weird. So we kind of have to rewrite the rule book. So whenever anyone's doing anything at Persting for you, we have to factor in time. You know, people never do that. When I ask people even these days to cut a promo, and they say, Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna cut a promo on this guy. Like, dude, it's because it, of COVID. You've not seen him for two years. Yeah. If you cut a promo saying, I still hate this guy two years later, you look like the world's biggest dick because you've held a grudge for two years where you've not been able to see anyone. So <laughs> just hit that reset button, come up with something a bit lighter. I hate you because of this, not I hate you because of three months ago you did this. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. Uh, this does lead me into... Um, Something I have got to talk about with pressing for you. We struggle with getting over baby faces, and I think you're gonna you're gonna agree with me on that one. Yeah. Um, because there's a flurry of opponents that we book you in for because we're trying to strike lucky with somebody because we're gonna want to bring in someone new, put them against you. You're a very safe bet to have a very good fucking match. Again, blowing some smoke, but I call it how I call it, and. We thought, if anyone's going to get over, this is the person to do it with, and this is the scenario situation to do it with. And we just didn't get that person for, for a very long time. Um, so when people are listening to this, they, they, they are going to go, well, there's no reason to put you know, Jürgen Heimlich, who you were at this point, against this opponent, because yeah. we, we just we were struggling to find a superstar. We had, we had a couple near the top of the roster. Keith, always going to be over, Pitbull. Uh, was over, no, no matter what people want to say. Um, and there's there's a few other guys you know, that, that are faces um, that, that were over, but no one really to do this style of match to go against you that was that was over. So we kind of think, fast forward to... Oh, go on. Go on. I, I, I was going to say, I think that's that was partially because of, you know, the rarity of the shows. You didn't have that time to build people up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I always... 
I always looked at it. You, you, you're calling it a G6 division, but there is no division. It's just yeah. people. And it, 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 it did become a frustra- frustration later on, but not, not at this point, because I was getting to work with people who I either could have a good match with or I thought I could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I like, because like, I know over, over the years, you kind of did tell me the frustration. You didn't tell me to the level that, that it kind of affected you. I think whether you were kind of struggling to go, no, no, I want to I try and put it in a um, constructive way. Whether you were just kind of struggling to put that in the constructive way or whether telling me on show day is not the, you know, obviously, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. I've got a million and one things to do. And yeah, I've got very limited time. And you're a flapper. Everyone. I'm a what? You're a flapper. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, you can be. You got a lot more composed as I work with you more, to be honest. But at the beginning, you were everything. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing because everything had to be just right. And I think you were trying to make sure everything was going okay. So, you know, it's not a fault. Yeah, I think to a point, it is me trying to micromanage. Um, I, I'll, I'll give myself a fault for that one. But you know what? Whenever I let up, something bad really happens. And I'm not bullshitting. The, the, the one time that I relaxed and um, I was backstage, I think I was outside having a cigar, wasn't even wasn't watching the show. I was like, oh, it's cool. We, we got it. Yeah, I, I, I smoke cigars. So uh, Never seen you have a cigar. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was outside here, the Silverdale Club, and then I'm outside having a cigar and I get a message on my phone. By the way, the ring's just collapsed. Hey, was that the match I was in? Um, that was the show that you were on, I think. So the show down five. Yeah, that's the match. one. Should we um, do on what happened there? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't you that broke the ring, though, was it? It was, and I, I can tell you this because my traders are joiner. They use the wrong wood. You're supposed to have plywood underneath, and they use chipboard. Yeah, the, the wood, the wood that people, the wood that Argos make cupboards out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Abs- absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, um, we're going to tell that story um, on the next episode of uh, season four because we're recording season five before I've even finished season four. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Finn. It's, just, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not blaming you. I'm just blaming Dan and Chris. Thank you, Dan and Chris. Making me wait. No. Sort it out, lads. I'm waiting for the second half of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was it. I, I relaxed then. The ring broke. I've relaxed um, a few more times, and something always happens. Someone kicks off in the crowd, or chucks a pint glass during the during a match. Something always happens whenever I relax. So I think as long as I'm here, there, and everywhere, fuck it, nothing goes wrong. Makes sense now you put it in that context. See, there we are. <laughs> so we go from obviously yourself and Danny. Um, I didn't want to move Danny into being a singles. I loved Battle Squad Awesome. There's so much fun. I thought, okay, this is just one and done. November rain. We'll pick it. We'll pick it right back up with um, the start of the next year. So we go on to Press Infuse, standing on the shoulders of giants, the 6th of March 2015. And we've got yourself versus Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks wearing now Tegan Knox's gear. I didn't know this. They both swapped gear. Why? Because that's what they did. They were a tag team at the time, weren't they? Yeah, the the Vulture Squad. Yeah, and they just randomly went, all right, let's swap gear. And they did. 
that's it. Fair enough. I mean, this was definitely one of those um, trying to crowbar in, trying to make a superstar. Because Chris was always nice and professional. I just yeah. couldn't warm to him terribly well. Yeah, and, and you see what he's doing now. Yes. So he's he's in what was Gato Move now, funnily enough, and uh, he's over like a megastar over there. He's brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Because the silver, go on, go on. I, I think I think in that environment over there, you can let yourself go a little bit and I think maybe that's what some people need sometimes because it certainly helped me yeah absolutely I mean I, I hate to say this but I've, I know he would have like lived obviously he was tagging with you know is Tegan Knox um Nixon Newell as, as she was over here um and I think it would have just been a case of them two both pitching me together and saying yeah well we'll come up together I was like you know what it's cool because we wanted uh, Nixon anyway, because she was doing some bits and pieces with uh, Pollyanna and with Violet Vendetta as well. It's like, yeah. cool, Chris you know, seems a really professional guy. He was nice enough to me on a couple of shows I did at I think, a company called um, Pro Wrestling Kingdom for Ryan Smile yeah. um, and, and, and a couple of little bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, I always struggled to warm to Chris. He was very, very professional, but not yeah. very jovial to me. Yeah, um, I, I- I think he was trying to be as professional as possible at the time. I quite like Chris. We had a bit of rapport on uh, Twitter. Like when I was in Thailand, he was in America with CZW. So we were up just exchanging tweets and stuff. And uh, I'd wanted to wrestle him ever since. So I was kind of glad that we got this opportunity to do it. I mean, what, what can you remember about this match? Because again, it, it was like you've said, yeah, we were doing shows quarterly. I think this year we're doing. Um, God knows, I've got three or four shows, perhaps. So we're quarterly, and we're kind of just throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, and just trying to find a babyface superstar. So Chris Brooks versus Jürgen Heimlich is a good match as I can put together. So what do you remember most about this match? I, uh, sadly, I don't remember very much, because um, the photo, the photography I had for the show, only took like a handful so usually i can piece bits together and like oh yeah i remember that happened i remember that happened i remember that happened but i couldn't i couldn't piece it together because i think there's a few shots that just didn't have any context to them and i've never watched the match back so i don't remember a lot to be honest <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have, i'm gonna have to get this match back up on uh, on, on youtube or something like that because again i don't remember it all that much either i'll be honest yeah i've couldn't, only seen they have a highlight video or something i think that's all i've seen yeah, I think we're we're still into that point of making highlight videos. I mean that that died somewhere here. Um, we we just stopped doing it because we, we we kept moving different uh, videography groups. We yeah, we had a few shows that we've got no footage of at all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we just kind of like had to dump that team and yeah, pick up another one. And then we had some issues with photographers. Um. So yeah. So those early days, footage and photos, hit and miss. Yeah, which is, which is unfortunate because that's pressing few history. That's my history, and I don't yeah. remember it all that much. And most of it, well, a lot of it, I think about three shows in their entirety, um, are lost. Maybe ones on YouTube, but at least two are lost, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I've never seen anything from that. So I, I don't yeah. know. And I'm afraid. No, that's fine. Well, I will try to get that show um, up on YouTube because the main event for me, it's um, one of my all-time 
favourite, favourite moments. I know it's not a you story, but it is on this show. It's Keith Byatt winning the Press and Feud Championship over yeah. now NXT's Wild Boar. So, I remember from that. That was a massive pop, that was. Yeah. like I've, I've never been in a venue where I felt like it was a vacuum because people were cheering that loud. They sucked the air out of the room. Because I remember yeah. standing by the railings um, yeah. by my girlfriend at the time's nephews and they were they were maybe six seven something like that standing on on their chairs shouting Keith doing the little yes chant but Keith chant and yeah. I saw a few people like genuinely it looked like it was the best thing in the world to them I thought shit you know like <laughs> I fucking love this like this I feel it in my bones and again if people are listening to this thinking what is this knobhead on if you didn't get emotional at that show, something's wrong with you because it was brilliant. Just really, yeah. really brilliant. It really was. And it was, everybody was, you know, we were watching it. Everybody on the show was watching it. And it, it was just, everybody felt it was perfect. It, it, you couldn't yeah. have done it. Any- yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic. I'm, again, I'm, I'm probably going to get the whole of this show up uh, because we, we release your show, full shows in their entirety. Uh, every now and again so you know what fuck it standing on the shoulders of the giants that'll be the next one we'll get up on youtube so you can have a watch and everybody else can have a watch as well and then i'll text you some feedback <laughs> <laughs> knowing you it's not going to be all good feedback so i feel why the bloody hell did you make me do this you knobhead you have definitely mallowed over the years at, at times Again, before we, we kind of get into the next next match, have people taking you as being a, maybe a bit too seriously sometimes? Absolutely, hundred percent. How do you take that kind of feedback when someone you can tell someone thinks out of you? Uh, it's changed now because you know I'm older. I'm not in wrestling, so I look at it completely different. But I think uh, I was—I don't know if intense is the word, but I was serious. Is probably dead right, actually. Everything had to be, you know, if, if people weren't treating wrestling as a serious thing or they didn't train properly, they didn't go to the gym and all that sort of thing, I automatically thought, well, what are they doing here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, I, I think I was a bit of an arsehole, to be honest with you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, you're putting yourself over as being like a really good professional guy, and then you just sum up with, you know, I'm probably an arsehole. Well, I think it was the way I like. I could conduct myself fine with the people I needed to, but if if I didn't see people putting a similar amount of effort into everything, then it yeah. used to irritate me. Yeah, I mean, like you, you were always one of those voices. Now we're trying to take the ring down at the end of at the end of the show. I can guarantee every single show. I don't care if you're feeling good, you're feeling shit, you're injured, you're good, whatever it is. I know you're going to be taking the ring down without being asked. You're one of the first guys out through the curtain. I don't need to ask. I don't need to remind. I, at no point did I ever say, Mark, here, mate, can you just come, come over here and just give his hand? Yeah. You, just, you just did it. Is that stuff that was also ingrained into you from, from Japan as well? Or is that just you? A, li- a little bit. And also, you know, I want to I get the ring down. Everybody wants to go home at the end of the show. It's, it's been a long evening. We all want to go. You know, you've got... I think you had Farron at the time, didn't you? Most of the time yeah. he was doing it himself. So, you know, he's put the ring up by himself or with with a handful of people. There's like 15, 20 of us backstage. If we all get out there and 
you know, we can have it done in 20 minutes. Exactly. I mean, the ring's, what, maybe 60 pieces, 20 wrestlers, two, three pieces each, done. Easy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, sure. I, I could understand why, because I mean, you were quite when you were taking the ring down, um, you'd be quite vocal. So you'd be, you'd be taking you, you're pulling the boards off, and you go, Phil, is there anyone else backstage that's going to help us? Yeah. And I think people would take that as you being a bit. Of a dick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't pick those words, but I could understand if people overheard that they go, "Fucking hell." Well, what is fucking game? I could understand why they'd think that, but also those are the people that have stood around going, why is, why is he being like that? Well, because you're fucking stood around, obviously. Well, I look at it like, you know, you'd put a belt on me, so you obviously look at me as someone who can take responsibility or what have you, so that's my role as well, to try and you know, yeah. push people up a bit. We lock, want to go lock, in. Locker, locker room leaders, people that, that will just do that stuff without me having to ask. Yeah. Because my job yeah. is fucking hard enough. I've got like yeah, thirty up to thirty wrestlers and videography, photography. Mm-hmm. I've got all the all these moving parts. It's like plate spinning in a circus, but with thirty different plates. Plus two hundred yeah, people in the crowd. Plus the venue owners. I've got I've got to I've got to keep happy. It's yeah. it's a lot. So when people are natural leaders, they will do it without being asked. I wouldn't look at them as being arsy. I would always look at them as being professional. So even if just, other people have said to you, Mark, tone it down, dude, wind your neck in, or whatever, I've never yeah. thought that. And no one's ever said that to me, but like, no, no one's ever said you're a dick or whatever. But I just look at it as, you know, you've got, like, say, you've got enough to do. But, I, you know, I guarantee the people that aren't helping with the ring are the first in the queue to try and get the wage. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's just all get it done and get out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ah, so right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the first of May. So we're back at the Holy Trinity, and again, we're still trying to find that superstar. We're still trying to find someone that's over. So we we kind of did the sensible thing. We kind of put you with someone that that you know a little bit more. So is it Zach Northern or Nathaniel Northern? Uh, he was Zach Northern at the time. Zach Northern. Um, yep, so it's a press and fuse, lock stock, and two smoking titles. Bit of a strange setup with the ring for this one because we had the Ultimate X almost set up. So you had a ring post within a ring post. So I know whenever you were hitting the ropes, the ropes were a bit loose. And it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of rattling the ring post within the ring posts. So what, what do yeah. you remember about this match? The bloody ropes. Because. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathaniel and I had, had put together quite a fast-paced match. We we needed the ropes and what have you. And I think the first time we hit it between us, we we sort of looked at each other and knew, oh shit. <laughs> so we, we had to try and compensate for that quite a lot. Um, yep. it, I I don't think it was a terrible match. I think it would have been if we could have executed what we wanted to do, it would have been a, a really good match and a good because we were the opener, weren't we? If I remember right. Um, yes, I, I, I want to say yes. Usually we're opening anyway. <laughs> uh, Actually, you know what? This might be one of those shows where you didn't open because I think we had Tony Storm and Lana Austin on. I might have got two did. shows mixed up and they yeah. were at um, HXC in Manchester the same day. So they had to come down to us, do the hour opener, and then go off, literally Wait. straight away, go to HXC. Wasn't that a mixed tag? 
Yeah, it was uh, Lana and Pitbull versus Tony Storm and Barricade because Violet was injured. Did you not have T-Bone instead of Pitbull? N- uh, no, that uh, T-Bone was on November Rain versus Barricade. Got you. Got you. See, little You've bits got... and pieces do come back. Yeah, good. <laughs> so if I, I don't. So yeah, so you wouldn't have been the opener for that one. I'm going to say you're probably first half main event, perhaps. Potentially, that'd be why the ropes were like shoelaces by the end, man. Yeah, because I mean, I want to put you on second because I can't think who I want to put on third. But yeah, first half main event would probably seem about right. Yeah. Um, another submission finish. Yeah, was that the straight arm bar we went for that one? I yeah, remember. I think this is where you, you were trying to bit, bits and pieces with arm bars and things like Because you knew, I was like, no, 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 stick with submissions. And you're like, yeah. okay, let's, let's try something different. Let's see what works. Yeah. Um, the only issue with submissions is you need a you know, proper wrestling fan crowd to appreciate yeah. a submission. And we weren't yeah. that kind of crowd. We were a, a bit of fun. And uh, very light-hearted. So, yeah, they probably weren't going to take to submissions unless the submission was vastly over-the-top and ridiculous. I think you need a good sort of moment in the match that really gives you that reason to hit that submission. And I, I don't think I've got there yet, to be honest. No. No, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's trying new stuff. You know, you try, you're trying stuff out. You're going to try and make it work. You've not gone... I've tried it once, it doesn't work. You're going, no, no, okay, I'm, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again, diff- a bit different. Try again with a different person. Tr- yeah, trying to, try to get it in there somewhere, you know? Oh. Right, so this, this is the bit where I get a little bit confused because now we're going to talk about you going to, on a, a, a Japanese tour to Gato Move. Gato. Or is it Gato? Or I say Gato like the bloody dessert. Pretty much how it is anyway. Fine, that's fine. As long as I'm not shitting on another promotion by saying something ridiculous, then that's fine. So how how did this come about? Because you've got, uh, from what I can see, four matches um, yeah. booked, booked in Japan with the G6 Championship. Now, I probably didn't like, realise how much this was going to, um, how much this meant until like much further after we had our little stokey wrestling company that's been in a couple of little venues in staffordshire that most people have never heard of our our belt is on japanese tv it's on a japanese tour like yeah. that's that's nuts that is fucking nuts let's call it what it is but at the time it felt normal it felt like a natural progression for me um, well, it, yeah for, for you yeah i mean You've you've uh, you've, you've travelled the world before anyway. For me, I've been on a few holidays. I'm just a poor little Stokey boy that's never really left. Yeah. So if, if you just said, yeah, yeah, Phil, wait, when you grow up, by the way, a part of your company is going to be on Japanese TV. Like, that would have blown my fucking mind. So then, yeah, we moved straight into uh, the Gato Move uh, Japanese tour. How the bloody hell did this even come about? Uh, so, like I said, I'd, I'd uh, gone over to Thailand training, which is a bit, I don't know, how, how granular do you want to go with this? <laughs> as, gran- as, gr- as granular as you want, as much as you want to tell us. Okay, so, uh, not pretty much around my debut match sort of time, I was in a, a Facebook group 
that because I was watching a lot of women's Japanese women's wrestling for like loads of ideas all the time, trying to learn stuff. Um, and I ended up in like a, a Joshi group, which is like women's wrestling. And I met a guy in there who it was a Thai chap called Pumi. He's quite important to a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, he was like a, a commentator for wrestling. Like, uh, I think he's commentate over uh, Ice Ribbon, which is a Japanese women's promotion. He's also done stuff like commentary for WWE and stuff recently. Yeah. Um, but he had made friends with Emi Sakura, who had left Ice Ribbon and wanted to start something up new. But she wanted to start something in Thailand. So she got her head together with him and then they made what became Gato Move. Uh, originally, they were just going to be Thai-based, but then she opened it up in Japan. Uh, and then, uh, so I just kept in contact with Pooh and said, how can I come and train? Just, you know, on the off chance that something could happen. And he said, well, Emmy's coming over in, in February. No, sorry, January. So this was January 2013. Um, so, yeah, I just booked a plane ticket and went over that, to Thailand. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it's fantastic, but that that is crazy. Well, yeah, you've got to take a chance, haven't you? Well, yeah, I mean, like, let's be honest, like, most people probably don't wrestle outside of the county that they're born into. So for you to just go, OK, I'm, I'm going to get a plane ticket and I'm going to fly myself to the uh, the other side of the world. I mean, fucking hats off to you. I mean, that, that takes some guts, some balls and uh, yeah, hats off to you. I felt like I had to do it because I wanted to learn something completely different. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and I wanted to be better than everybody, to be honest, if that makes sense. I want to be as good as I could be. It's probably a better way. Not better than everybody, but I wanted to be as good as I could be. I wanted to take as much influence as I could. So anyway, that that Thailand trip, I went home um, and then I went to Japan for a month for the same reason, train with Emi Sakura. Um, ended up training at zero one at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought that intensity of training. So I think we're into 2015 now, aren't we? Yeah, um, I've got down the ninth of I think it's ninth of August 2015. That's about right. Uh, so yeah, Pumi just got in contact and said we. Uh, we're going to run Kirken Hall. I was like, okay. He goes, do you want to come? I was like, okay. He said, okay, come over. Maybe, and there's plenty of plenty of wrestling. We'll get some of the some of the shows. So I went over, and that was it, really. And I, I happened to have your belt, so I said, so I put it to him. I said, I've got it. I've got a belt. Any chance of getting a defence in Kirken Hall with it? He's like, yeah, okay, no worries. <laughs> and that. <laughs> just, just just like that just from asking just from just saying can we do this yeah fuck it why not well, if you don't ask you don't get do you that, that's again like that's that's crazy again I can't recall holes I again if you'd have told me that I, you know, when I was a kid or obviously I probably wouldn't know what, what where this place was when I was a kid it's only <laughs> now that like I can get you near 40 <laughs> that like that kind of dawned on me that our little stokey bout has been there. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
So we've got the the first match um, on your tour is um, now, one thing I've got, I've got to bring up here. You're still Jürgen uh, Heimlich Gross, but you you start to use Jürgen abroad. Yeah, I'll tell you why that is as well because uh, they couldn't say Jürgen Heimlich, so <laughs> uh, Emmy just decided to call me Jürgen, and that was it. But what, 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 is, what does it mean? Uh, the same thing, but in Japanese, oh, I guess. okay. Uh, well, not exactly the same thing, but it's it's her take on it. It's shorter. It's it's more pronounceable for people. So, yeah. So you, it, you, you 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 were duking abroad, still Jurgen with us, but not for too much longer. No. Um, and that, that did that decision. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a meme where Chris Jericho's reading off this list of moves he knows how to do, and that was reminds me of you. <laughs> you're like the man of a thousand names. Yeah. Well, well when so, when we get to that part in the story, I'll explain why. So. Okay, dokie. So obviously, first match is against Ek Bakai. Is that right? Ek Baki, <laughs> or, or, or Terry, as we call him now, Terry Diesel. Like, if I if I try to say E.K. Backy, Backy in Stoke is just like tobacco and stuff. Yeah, mate, crashes some Backy, mate. Like, I sound yeah. even more common than I am. So I'm going to yeah. try and overpronounce some of these names so I can try and uh, convince people I'm middle class, which, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so what do, you remember, what do you remember about this match? Um, right. This is the worst match of the whole G6 reign. Wow, to be honest. Okay. Uh, and it's not his fault. I arrived in Japan the night before. So I was not jet lagged, but tired. Yeah. Um, I immediately got to the dojo, went around the corner, bought two eight packs of Asahi lager, um, some like loads and loads of ramen and like noodles and stuff. Because we had an eight-hour bus journey, so I was like, "Right, I'm going to drink some of these." I didn't drink all of them, and then I'm going to eat these, and I'm going to sleep on the bus. Of course, that didn't happen. I, I drank the the first eight pack of the Asahi, and I ate all the food, and I had a terrible, terrible sleep, <laughs> which was a really terrible idea. Uh, and uh, I needed the bathroom when I got to the venue. Unfortunately, the bathroom was a hole in the floor. So that was really uncomfortable. And it just set me off in a really bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything we were trying to put together just wasn't working. It, it was clunky. There was no chemistry at the time. Um, I tried to do a, you know, where you hold onto the top rope and flip over into like a senton. Yeah, I tried to do that and completely missed the guy. Like, like, <laughs> like a like a helo, like Eddie Guerrero used to do. Yeah, but I couldn't. I don't know why I thought I could do it. I just thought, oh, Japanese people like this. They like stuff like this. No, <laughs> it went, it dog shit. It wasn't his fault. It was it was all on me that match. So we're we, we blaming the, we're just blaming the beer and noodles and having a bad stomach and. No, it wasn't a bad stomach. It was just the hole in the floor, Phil. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought that meant like you had like really bad guts and stuff. No, I, I needed a, a <clears throat> sit down for a break, but I didn't want a squat one. Oh, uh, that's, that's, okay, that's fair enough. I'll give you that one. 
yeah. no, like this, I, it's this, this next match that this again blows my mind that this is a thing. It's a yourself and a guy named Peanuts. Yeah. Um, an Ichigaya match. Yeah. So for, for Ichi- anyone that has never heard what that is, because even I had to look it up. I'll explain it then. So if, if anyone wants to actually see what it looks like, go on YouTube and look up Choco Pro Wrestling. That's where Chris Brooks is now. So, you know, that, that's, that's two hits in one. That's Ichi- Ichigaya anyway. I love Ichigaya. I think it's one of the best, like, intimate venues you could ever, ever wrestle in. It's, it's, it's basically a room. Yeah, it it looks like someone's living room with a couple of mattresses thrown down and a couple of windows. Yeah, that's about it. It's it's a, a room underneath a hospital, and it's brilliant. How uh, how I've got like a, I could do a whole podcast just on, based on this. How do you put a match together? Just uh, I don't know what to ask because my, my brain is filled with. Like, 10 different fucking questions. So no ropes. You still got a ref. You still got a ring bell. It's still you versus one other person. But yeah. the people look like they're almost on top of you. They're right fucking there. And you're they on are. what looks like a big inflatable mattresses. All right. So it's, it's basically four crash mats on the floor with like a, a canvas on top. The people are your ropes. You can use the window openings. It's brilliant. It's so close. You can't. You have to be on top of your game you cannot talk you can't slap your leg yeah everything has to be tight and that that's what i enjoyed was the challenge of it 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 looks both amazing and terrifying all at once because i don't know i mean there's gonna be a big contingent of people that couldn't do a match without wrestling ropes um, and the yeah. fact that you've you've not got a ring, you've got you know, you've got mats, you've got people right there, a couple of windows, and you've just got to do it. It's the most improv style of professional wrestling I've ever fucking seen. It's called an afternoon of practicing your match until you get it tight. <laughs> Fair enough. And so, how, how did this uh, match between yourself and Mister Nuts goes down? I loved it. It's, I love that. It's one of my favourite matches in Ichigaya. It was we just beat the shit out of each other, and I was so determined to make up for that Osaka match that I I just said just do everything. We went everywhere. We went outside. We went down the street. We were fighting on the main road. The crowd came with us. We came back. It was brilliant. Loved it. I haven't seen Amazing. it back. I don't want to see it back. I want it to stay brilliant in my mind. <laughs> that sums you up more than anything you've ever said. By the way. What you just said that what you've just said there about that match. So like nothing will ever live up to, even if you watch it back and it's still fucking brilliant, nothing will ever live up to how you feel about that match. So no matter how much you want to watch it back, you're not going to, because it won't live up to how you think and how you feel about what you did that day. And that sums you up more than anything. The problem is if I watch it, I'll pick fault with it. Uh, I don't Yeah, okay. no, that's fair. That, that's that's fair, that's fair. Um, so third match on this four match tour. Hopefully, I'm getting these in the right order. So this is the uh, Kawakuen Hall match. Correct. And it is. I mean, you're going to kill me with some of these names. My Stoke on Trent accent can't do this. It is. It is Sean Shiryu. Ch- Chowan Shiryu. 
Fucking how much? Uh, fucking earning it today, mate. I'm earning it. How, how did this? How did this match go down? Uh, I really enjoyed the experience of doing it, but unfortunately for me, I've watched it back too many times. Ah, you just picking the holes with it all. Have pick fault all the way through it. So, and I'm not going to pick fault here. The experience was brilliant. Like it's the only match where I've come back, put a towel on my head, and had a little cry. Because, like, to wrestle there and to defend a belt there, which I think was like the first time the belt had been defended in that venue for over 10 years, a British belt, I was, that was it. There was no, there was nothing better. I'd achieved everything I'd ever set myself to do in wrestling. So if if everything would have been said and done, like if you'd have gone, you know what, I'm going to be tired now, at this point... You'd you'd have gone out, gone out happy and gone. You know what? It doesn't get better than this. Uh, yes, yes, I would. Fair, um, enough, fair, fair enough. Purely for, because of who was stood behind the curtain watching the match, and they gave me feedback on that match straight away. Because also, like Kraken Hall's on two levels, well, three levels, but on the middle level is your main arena. And then downstairs are all the change rooms and they've all got monitors with like a video feed. So everybody's watching the match. So the amount of people that, and, and the, the stature of the people that were stood there watching and waited for us to come back and they would give me their feedback was just phenomenal. And I think that, me, that was into experience. Yeah, it could give us some names. Who, who was, give us a couple of the, the people that gave you feedback that kind of blew your mind. Okay, so Takayama was there. who's like, I don't know if you've seen seen him is he'd been in like new japan noah uh he had that mma fight with don fry where they're pacing the shit yes. out of him uh, it was yeah. him uh there was john kasai who's like uh, a famous deathmatch wrestler over there he's absolutely brilliant he is um there's masa takanashi who i think the world of it he's he's another one that will just give you so much advice you don't know what to do with it but it's all constructive and it's all you know, you can implement it straight away. So yeah. there's, there is, oh, I could go on. There's Hikaru Shida, who's on AEW. There's Riho, who was on AEW. There's Emmy sat there, again, AEW. Yeah. Mental. It's mental. When you look at who's on that card, it's mental. And, and all these people go out their way to watch your match and to give you um, constructive feedback. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't get better than that. No, it's Absolutely. mental. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I probably would have cried at that point. I'd, I'd have probably put a, you know, stuck the towel on my head, cried my little eyes out, and uh, wouldn't particularly mind if anyone saw me. I'd, I'd have been happy with that if that was me. Yeah, I, I was in the corner. I was nice and quiet. I don't think anybody realised. <laughs> See, like it's it just sweat running off my head. It's just sweat. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not me uh, crying my eyes out. Um, so then we move on to your fourth and final match of this tour. Um, yep. It's yourself, it's Katori, and it, yeah, I can't even read my own writing on my little notes. It's at Kamen, Kamen? Sawadi Kamen. Which is there like Sawadi Thai for hello, and Kamen is mask in Japanese. So hello. Oh, mask. okay. Um, was this like a normal match or an Ichigaya match? What are we talking? It's an Ichigaya match. And, uh, but, it's a, but it's a freeway. Again, this just makes it even, in my head, it makes it even more complex because freeways are awkward at the best of times yeah you've got yeah. one person just kind of stood there just overselling a little bit 
it's harder there to to do that. And I think that was the the downfall of the finish, to be honest, to the match. Otherwise, I think it was it was okay. But I think it was just the finish. It left somebody stood there and essentially watching me pin this person. Yeah. And that, that's the only downside. But for the most part, the, the set pieces and stuff, because it's a guy crowd. They like the intensity, but they also enjoy like the comedic side of it as well. So you've got to be you've got to be so versatile in what you're doing there to to switch it on the on the turn. It's crazy. And uh, this wraps up your your sort of first tour with the G6 Championship. Uh, four matches, obviously very close together. I mean, you've you've done that over a year at Pressing for you. Here, you've done it over the course of a week, just over a week, ten days. Something like two weeks I was there. Yeah, so, so somewhere there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and then obviously got to got to you know got to got to come home sometime. Yeah. Um, bit bit emotional when you're leaving. Oh, always, yeah, because it, it's always like I I know I'm getting you know I'm improving as a as a wrestler as a performer. I know I'm making contacts and connections here. What could I do if I was here or more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you, you come back and there is a space of about 10, 12 days, somewhere there or thereabouts, till the next Pro Wrestling For You show. So if you've got any jet lag, two weeks, should be able, should be able to sort you out. It's Pro Wrestling For You's sweet as a nut. Now, we only did this concept once, and I think, um, I, I know the reason why. It was just too fucking awkward, let's be honest. Where we kind of, <laughs> We promoted it where fans get to pick stipulations to most of the matches. They'll either get to pick an opponent for someone, they'll pick a stipulation, they'll pick bits and pieces. Now, for yourself, we knew it was going to turn into a four-way anyway because we thought we can't just keep putting you in there against one person. It's not, work- it's not working for us. It doesn't make any sense. We need to get you in there with you know, three other guys. So let's see who wants it more. Let's see who... Um, emerges as a superstar um so it's yourself still as Jürgen Heimlich for us at this point versus Zach Norvin who obviously you faced before versus Rob Sharp who I don't know could this have been his debut with with us I I, have been yeah that that would probably seem right and um someone that's definitely going to go on to be a superstar for us uh, Noah, right from this match as well, right off from the get-go. Is this his debut as well? Yeah, it was Noah's debut. Real. Isn't that, isn't that crazy to think? So we knew it was going to turn into a four-way. We were, Kim was given instructions to make it short. She mm. didn't listen. And to make, turn it into essentially a very short version of Blind Date, where she was going to interview the three potential opponents for you. So you get to kind of stand there you're the bachelor on blind date. You've got these three opponents to pick from. They start squabbling. All hell breaks loose. Kim, go, uh, Kim just shouts, you know what? We've had enough. It's a four-way. Fight it out amongst yourselves. And then the crowd are going to go, yeah! And then you all just do it. Didn't quite work that way. Um, Didn't I essentially do Kim's job? And yeah. then she took the microphone and almost repeated it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 again, this is where I do have to blow some smoke with your ass. You knew what I wanted, 
Um, yeah. And again, you've got that ear, so you can hear when the crowd is kind of going, <sighs> come on, get, get the fuck on with it. And yeah. Kim doesn't have that um, skill set to know when the crowd needs you to hurry the fuck up. Um, but you, you do, you've, got, you've got, got that good ear. So, yeah, um, Zach comes out, and again, he's Mr. Vanilla Babyface, for all intents and purposes. Rob, he's quite a comedic heel. And Noah was the wild cards. We didn't know what the crowd were going to do with Noah. So he was a heel everywhere. He was, I think, part of a threesome in uh, Wonderland. So he was a heel, you know, creepy, weird heel absolutely everywhere. He came in and he's a bit Eugene, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, a bit happy, a bit smiley, a bit, I don't want to say simple, but just very, very simple, very almost Forrest Gump-esque. A bit, oh, yeah, you okay. Just very cheeky. And he got over like that, right from the get-go. We just started waving at people. People were waving back at him and chanting Noah. Faces never get a chant first day out the gates. Never fucking happens. Noah got over on that very first show. He was, I was so fucking proud of him because he managed to do what nobody else had done. He made, made himself a superstar. Yeah. He did it before he even got in the ring. He did, he did it that well. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm so, I, he's never going to listen to us back, but he was, he's a fucking superstar. So, um, yeah, no, I cannot say enough good about him. So all hell breaks loose. The blind date format kind of goes out the window. You do Kim's job and all hell breaks loose. It's a bit, what would you remember most about this match? Uh, trying to start the way. And, and the reason is because I, I knew that, uh, when Nathaniel was there before, he didn't get a fantastic reception, and that was also proven by the intros. He, I think he got the least reaction out of everybody, which was a bit of a shame, because when he can do what he can do, he's really good. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, he, don't think he'd nailed down who he was at that point. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, Rob was very over the top. Yeah. Uh, and Noah, again... I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I just saw the, the paint all over him and thought, I'm going to get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 what I wanted to do was, look, I, I knew who was going over, so I needed, I needed the least out of the match. The other guys needed a platform to showcase what they could do. And, and that was really all I took from that match is just the finish. That, that's all I need. And uh, what, what was this finish? Because, again, I don't remember this one too well. I remember the start. There's just being stood the side of the curve to go, Kim, come on, wrap up. Um, what was I the finish for this? I think Rob did his, uh, what's the Cesaro finish? Ah, uh, the Neutralizer? Neutralizer. Neutralizer. I think he did that, and then I, I chucked him out and pinned Noah. I think that was the finish. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, that, that, was, that was it. That, that, oh, again. I needed. Need to take a few bumps and, and get out of there. And pin pin the most um over person in the match. Or at least the, the most over new person in the match, shall we say. Which we didn't realise when we were setting it up, but it could yeah. work. Happy accident. Yes. Yeah. So obviously we've never gone back to that concept of doing fans to pick your own stipulations and stuff, because that was ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. But it's it's I know it's not long before we get we we swing right into press infused battle royale. Yeah. So we are at the 
I think this is a Holy Trinity show, another Friday night show. So the crowd are right there at ringside. We've got the band Jesse's Divide on stage, which was fantastic. I think they were playing the opening of the show. I don't think they were playing um, the main event because the main event, Battle Royale, of course, obviously name, name the show. And I think this is where the sickness starts coming in. Is this right? Uh, no. Because we've got, you've got yourself and Danzig teaming up against a sexy care vampiro. Well, uh, I don't think it was because I think there was a set piece at Silverdale that set it off. I'm, sh- I'm almost certain. Because I know you were talking to me whilst I was in Japan. You were pitching me on beer. I, th- I think if I if I maybe remember this correctly, I, I might be talking at me fucking arse, let's be honest. Um, I swear you came out at the end of a Danzig match. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. This I know. There's definitely a missing piece here. Mm. Um, it rings a bell. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. We'll go there because this is where you come out with the now infamous during the Corona period um, face mask. Yeah. Or what they call a yicky yicky mask? Is that the right term? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Which again, I something different to your original idea. That's why I got yeah. those. Yeah, I mean, bear in mind, this is 2015. This is four years before we're going to be walking down the street and every bug is in one and it feels like the most normal thing in the world. But I've, I've been in Japan and it's to, like perfectly normal. Yeah, but obviously here in, I won't call it here in the West, but here in the UK, like to us, yeah. it seems really, really strange. Now, obviously, it seems perfectly normal. It's weird when you see someone without a mask. You know, oi, oi, put one on, you bastard. Now, at this point, you know, 2000 you know, 2015, seeing people coming out with these surgical masks on. Um, I, re- I really had high hopes for the sickness. I thought uh, Danzig was a wonderful performer. Um, uh, he just wasn't long for the wrestling business, unfortunately. I'd been, worked with him so much at Britannia Wrestling, and he's such a great performer. Like, he'll give you a promo that you'll, that you'll it kind of echoes back to early Mick Foley, really kind of. Uh, early Mankind, early Cactus Jack, where he looks like he's hurt while he's talking to you. And Danzig, superb performer, and I would have loved you two to have stuck together as the sickness, but for whatever reason, he's another guy that just had enough of wrestling and called it a day. Yeah. I I really struggled to to get any sort of chemistry with him. That was the, the biggest thing, I think. It was really hard to make our styles mesh. Yeah, and and it was it was difficult because I, I knew, you know, you'd put a lot of thought into where you wanted it to go. I just I don't know. It just we couldn't get on the same page with it, and it, I don't think there was anything. There was no this or anything, and it, it just couldn't get there. Yeah, just trying to put like a square peg in a round hole. Just something just doesn't quite match up. Yeah, just didn't click. Yeah. Uh, any memories from the, this match of U2 versus Sexy Kev and Pyro? Well, I think we're kind of going under a trio at this point, the Sexy Old Bastards with Keith Myatt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Came out, but, because they came out with like both, both of them with bow ties on. I even got Pyro a bow ties. Like, what the fuck am I going to... Why am I wearing this? But put it on. Okay. I'll, I'll do what you tell me. Yeah. Um, but again, knowing not obviously what you're going to do with Pyro, who later becomes uh, Alex Bauer, Alex Bauer, whatever. It's a nice little, um, nice little piece. 
kind of get you in there with uh, get you in there with Kev. Obviously, it goes on to be first and few champion as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed working with Kev. He was very, very open and very solid at what he could do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, he was this baby faces that got over till Taylor as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, like he, he was, he was the next sort of superstar in our sort of lineup of someone that actually breaks through. Because we had nowhere. Pyro wasn't really getting over, but yeah, I think Sexy Kev was kind of like new babyface material. Even though the crowd chance the average Kev had him since day one, it's yeah. it's, it's it's endearing for him, and as long as he, he reacts the right way, they, they absolutely love him. Can't fault Kev at all. Um, we do move move on to the final show of 2015, which is a bit of a painful one for me. It's the 4th of December 2015, Press and Fuse, Tinsel and Tights. It was one that I've put in the back of my memory because I just don't want to fucking refer to it, I'll be honest. Um, it, was, it was a very painful show. We didn't have a particularly good crowd, which for Silverdale wasn't the norm. Um, I think we had maybe 70 people, 80 people tops. Um, massive, per- massive personal issues to stop me getting out and leafleting. Every day it was raining, so I did 10 hours of work. I tried to load up my bag with a pair of leaflets, hammering down with rain, hammering down with snow. It was impossible to do more than two streets before you freeze your tits off and think, I'm really going to die. I've got two coats on, and I'm still soaked to my skin. I'm going to die. I need to go home. So, yeah, I don't have too much um, memory of this entire show other than that. But it is yourself, still as Jürgen, up until the end of this show, versus Pyro. And he gets a win over yourself via countout. Yeah. Uh, any memories of this one? Uh, this, this isn't the infamous yourself and Pyro match. That comes next. But what, what do we yeah. have for this one? <laughs> Just, just the uh, the first loss of, of the rain, and then uh, where we were intending to take it next. And I think this was like, was this when we came out as a trio at some point? The sickness. Ma- the who was the, who was the third person in this? Barricade. Barry, because I know we talked about Meacher at one point. I swear we talked about Pitbull turning heel and being in it at one point. So I know there was about six people in the in the talk. Um, yeah, Barry, I vaguely remember being in it, but Barry was over with a lot of, with a segment of the crowd, which really hindered things. Yeah. So is that, um, is that why it didn't come back then for a while? Oh, no, that was, that was something, um, personal. Right. Okay. Um, that we, that we won't get into because I love Barry to bits, but there was a bit of something personal there that wasn't quite lining up. So it was a case of. Let's get through today, and then we can talk. And unfortunately, it didn't quite work. Yeah, I, I always wondered. It was one of those questions that I was actually, you know, what happened there. But that, that's all I need to know. So then we swing on by to uh, the show that we neither of us want to talk about, but we're going to have to talk about. So it's Pro Wrestling for You, Nemesis. It's the anniversary show of this year. So it's the 4th of March, 2016. Pyro had just beaten you <clears throat> via count out because we needed to kind of make that um, we needed people to see that you could be beaten, even if it's only by count out, because people were kind of not believing that you, that you would ever drop that bout at any point. So having Pyro grow over you, but via count out, 
we're really hoping that people would get behind Pyro, um, even though he doesn't know any Japanese. So that kind of rules out cutting promos. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck's sake. Yep. Um, so yeah, we swing into a person for Nemesis. We make it a no count outs match with its uh, yourself versus Pyro. And uh, I'm going I'm to let you take this one. So uh, over to you. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Like, like, obviously, you tell me from your side what you saw, then obviously I'll tell you from my side what I saw. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what I saw and then what I actually saw when I watched it back, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, Paul's count anywhere, or whatever it was. No count outs, wasn't it? Yeah. We thought, we'll do that. They like a bit of interaction. So, as you do, roll in the crowds. I think we got over to the merch table, did a bit of stuff there. And then there's a table right by the door yeah. where everyone coming to the venue. And I think I shouted at a family, not a family, there's a dad there with his kid and I shouted move and they didn't move. And I pushed the table over or pushed it out of the way with my intent and it sort of gripped and flipped. And the kid reacted as if it had landed on his feet. So obviously I went, finished the match thinking, oh, fucking hell, just hurt a kid. The table probably sliced his toes off. And uh, from what I understand, his dad was absolutely raging, wanted to kick the crap out of me. <laughs> I think I was offering to send T-shirts and stuff for him and, and talk to him and see if he's all right and all that sort of thing. So then I think you put it up on, I think it's the only show you put up on Daily Motion. And I, I brought myself around to watching it. And the table's nowhere near him. I think it was just the, the shock of that landing there. Yeah. It looked like. I mean, so obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of jump in this one because I remember I was stood, I would have been stood you know, near the main doors. Um, and yeah, it's one of those sort of two-seated rectangular tables. And if you just kind of like, they're quite top-heavy, especially if the legs are a bit buckled. So if you kind of push it, it'll just go, it'll just topple. And the wood on top is just solid. And that hit the floor perfectly to make the perfect noise. Now, this mm. kid's feet, uh, it didn't hit the kid's feet. But do you know, like, it's the polar opposite of when you cut yourself, but you don't know you've cut yourself, so you don't react. So when someone says, oh, by the way, you're bleeding, you look at it and go, oh, shit, yeah, ow. Yeah. It's, the, it's the polar opposite to that. This table went bang hit by, by these kids' feet, who the dad was stood holding his pint, and when you shouted, move, the dad drank from his pint and just went, mm, shrugged, didn't pull his kid out of the way. The yeah. table hit, just hit the floor, the kid like, ah! Obviously, he jumped out of his skin, assumed he'd been hurt. Yeah. The dad assumed then that the kid had got hurt because the kid had just screamed, and um, obviously he was fuming and just going nuts. I, I think I, I shouted at you and the ref and said, get him back in the ring, get him back in the ring. And that, yeah. that would have fed that would have fed through. Obviously, you did kind of I could tell by the look on your face that your your mind was not in the match at that point. You were thinking, oh shit. Yeah. Um, and you know, let's just get it done, let's go in the back, let's be fucking done, you know. Um right. anytime you told me not to come out and put the ring away, you told yeah. me to stay back. Yeah. You know what the the, the kids after about um, five minutes, perfect. 
the kid could not have been happy. It was the dad that was fuming because um, the girl that I was with at the time, obviously she, she's got nephews and all this sort of stuff. And she just said, hey, oh, mate, because we used to make the little pick and mix bags, you know, the little sweetie bags and whatever. Said, oh, what's your name? Got his name. And come, come sit with me. Come sit with me and we'll, we'll uh, watch the wrestling from the front of the, you know, from the best seat in the house, essentially, you know, the, right at the front. Gave him a bag of sweets. The kid could not have been happier. Okay. We're, we're, literally within three, four minutes, five minutes tops. Happiest kid in the world. I tell you what, what I self played over that for so long, and it after you'd uploaded it, it took me ages to watch it. Yeah, and I, I can understand. Relief, the relief of of seeing it didn't actually touch him was a massive weight off my shoulders, but I still fucking ate that match. Yeah, <laughs> mate, I, I've got I've got entire shows of mine that I've never watched back. You know. Um, like we, we've all got them. We've all got those moments where you go, you know what? I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Whatever happens, don't want to see it. And I think for me, it's like I'm a parent as well. If that happened to yeah. my kid, I'm quite irritated. So I could see where the dad was coming from. And I was like, oh, shit. yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? It's there in the footage. Obviously, yeah, the, the noise scared the kid. I mean, like it would do. I mean, the kid was barely the, the height of the table. And he's yeah. looking at two wrestlers. That, but for, you know, for him, that must be blowing his mind that the wrestlers are, are two feet in front of him, wrestling in front of him. One's in a mask. You know, kids love you know, masked wrestlers. And, oh, my God, this is my dream come to life. And he's just stood staring just at the pair of him, mouth open. Oh, wrestlers. And then, boom, right in front, of, right in front, way too close. It scares him. It doesn't hurt anything. We haven't chopped his toes off. He's just scared. And he gets three sweets out of it. And in three or four minutes later, he's good. It's just his dad that was kicking off. Well, why did you hurt my kids? And we you know, obviously apologise and say, look, he definitely, he's not even fouled his feet once. So he definitely yeah. didn't hit. And his dad was just doing his nutting. And while still drinking at this point, didn't put, didn't put his pint down. Wasn't, wasn't that angry. Um, and yeah, it was fine. They've been back since. They've been back since this, and they were perfectly fine. So, yeah, just one of the, one of those one of those moments. When we slid back in, my view from the ring was this kid crying his eyes out, and I think there was you and, and your partner at the time trying to calm the kid down. And yeah, I, I, that's bad. Yeah, because even though we we knew he turned to hit him, that noise over the, I, I, this makes me sound such a prick. That noise over the top of my footage, I was like, I don't want to ruin my footage. <laughs> such a fucking promoter aren't I what a dick but it, it is what it is you know the the parent was calmed down after and to be fair I think the pretty soon the, the parents stayed behind after the show and he was alright with us like we explained to him and said you know what if you come next time take it to run us and he even went honestly don't worry about it it's all good I was just a bit stressed come straight from work my kid's screaming I don't know what's happened and he was sound so God for that <laughs> we live we live and learn. But I knew you were gonna take that personally because I know you you're a parent, so yeah, you go in you go into if someone if someone hurt a dog, I'd lose my fucking shit. You know, it it, it's, it is what it is. Uh, we, all, we all have that stuff. So we move on for like if I remember correctly, you finished this match with Pyro tied up in like a tree of woe. Is that right? Honestly can't remember. I'm ninety-nine yeah, ninety-nine percent certain he's in a tree of woe, you cut a promo and you and you just go straight in the back. 
Pyro kind of drops down and we get him in the back and obviously you, you two stay in the back or whatever. I'm relatively certain that's it because you challenge him to a street fight. Yes. yes. So we, we go from the 4th of March uh, to Preston Fuse Nemesis to the 17th of April, so just over a month, month and a half, named after, well, this podcast is named after the show, Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. We'd moved to afternoon shows at the Holy Trinity at this point because it was getting too expensive to run Friday nights. We said, you know what? Sunday afternoons are a lot fucking cheaper by, by a quarter. You know, that, that's a lot of money. Let's move to a Sunday afternoon and we booked you both into a Sunday afternoon street fight. And it was a cracking decision. <laughs> this, this is up there. Like, if I had to pick 10 matches from First in Few over the past 10 years, this is on my list. Hey. Because it, it's fun. You know what I mean? It was, it's just, and you summed it up in your blog. So, you know what? It's a Sunday afternoon for a family mm. crowd. It's a street fight, but we kind of have to downplay it a little bit and just keep it fun while still kind of wrapping things up. So what do you remember most about this match? And then I'll tell you what I remember about this match. It's going to be the same as yours, Phil, and it's going to be the mop. Yes! The witch is the witch cackle. But it just, it, it, just it, it got to me because you hit him with this. It was a Poundland mop. Um, <laughs> how it didn't break, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you just sold it really well. But you hit him with this mop and then you rode it like a witch and shouted, that broke me. <laughs> and I saw your reaction as well, and that made me wet myself. <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, bear in mind, pro wrestling for you fans have never seen any wrestling where they, you, they've used Lego before. Or imitation mm. Lego. It was Poundland Lego or Poundland Duplo because he was big, big blocks. And it's the best because it disintegrates under you. That yeah. stuff did. It was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> look, I've wa- I have watched this back. I see you chuck a few blocks out to the audience because when you yeah. start tipping them, they start laughing because they go, because oh, you go Lego, okay, bit funny, bit jovial, um, and they, it's almost like they don't take it serious. But the more you're pouring out of this big fuck off bag of Lego, and then you chuck a few to the crowd, and they kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is actual Lego. This is actually quite tough. And yeah. I think you do a, it's like a bubble bomb into it. Am I right on this? Yeah, and he took all of it. <laughs> in, in, in some tracky bottoms. He didn't even bring jeans. I say, and he didn't even realise, because he started putting his gear on, and I said, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm getting ready for the match. I said, it's a street fight. Where are your jeans? It's law to wear jeans on a street fight. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. I haven't brought it. <laughs> I've only got these joggers. Slap your joggers on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Bright red fucking joggers as well. <laughs> Comfiest hurricane runner ever, the one he gave me. <laughs> oh, amazing. I mean, it was, yeah, the, the witch. I know there's a few um, uh, turkey tray shots. I think you, you get in there, a couple, couple of them. Um, yeah. It's just the witch for me. I think that just is beautiful. It is, it's beautiful. I will get that. If that's not up on the Percy for YouTube channel, I'm going to get it up there because the, 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 the Lego Witch is fan-fucking-tastic. Just put the whole match up, Phil, on a Sunday um, afternoon. Up. Fine, go on, then I'll set that up. So, yeah, that was the end of uh, Yourself and Pyro. We put, like, a, a neat little bow on that one. It had all been done and dusted. 
Um, and yeah, yourself and Pyro had, had, had completed. He'd not been necessarily the, the big superstar that we'd kind of hoped, but he'd at least held, you, held your attention for three yeah. shows in a row. I think that's what we needed to do, to be honest, is start to build up some sort of rivalry. So I was quite, I was, I was pleased with the premise of it. It was just that, that match in the middle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So before you take your second um, G6 tour um, over, over to the east, we swing by the Silverdale Working Men's Club, our lovely infamous home, the, night, no, the 3rd of June 2016. It's yourself and Danzig winning the person for you tag team championships. I think I've got this right. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yep, it's yourself and Danzig. So he must have done a couple of shows for us. I didn't remember how many he did. I thought he was just two and done, but there's about four or five in there. Um, yourself and Danzig, um, Filthy Rotten Scoundrels, who were the tag team champions at the time. The Barmy Army, yeah. we, were get, we were getting over quite nicely. And the sexy old bastards, so Kev and Pyro, kind of mixing it up in there as well. So uh, yeah. what do you remember most about this? Taking the straps, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty... Go on. Go on. No, go on. After you, sir. Okay. Um, well, I'm pretty saying this is the last match or last show Danzig does for us. Yeah. Um, right. I don't remember getting the belt back from him, though. That's the weird bit. I don't remember picking it up. Or anything like that. That's because it went in my suitcase. Well, uh, well, both tag belts. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you've, you've taught me something I didn't know. I just assumed he would have taken it, but I don't ever remember getting it back from him. So um, he left it. Cause I don't know. I don't know how uh, different places he worked. Did he? To people who I don't know, you know him better than I did. If he's had belts elsewhere, did um... they take them? Right. <laughs> Maybe I think he had some championships in Britannia wrestling, but I don't. I mean, I I took my, again as a champion at Britannia wrestling. Fuck yes, um, I took my belt home, so I just assumed everybody else did. But maybe Danzig no, was different and just left it with Steve Saxon, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. Some some places are weird about it, aren't they? Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, I saw it on the table, and and he'd gone in the I think whatever car we went in, and I thought, well, I'll pick that up and give it to him next time. Yeah, <laughs> and there the, 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 the never was the next time. No. Um, yep. So obviously you got you still the G six champ, and you've got both yep. tag belts. I mean, uh, that, that that's a lot to carry around. I mean, that's I, I've asked a lot of you at this point. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, it was. Do you know? I think uh, Danzig not coming back opened up a lot more possibilities because. No, I'm not trying to skip too far ahead, but I think there's a lot more chemistry after act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, because it was, it was quite evident. For, obviously, I wasn't in the changing rooms when you're putting it together. Um, I was going more for the bitter attitude that I thought binded you. I didn't see the contrasting styles that kind of pulled you apart. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't... Oh, there was just it, there was no no together in the first place. I felt like I was trying to adapt my character to be more like his, and that that wasn't natural. Yeah, for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the sickness. Let's call it what it is. It, it was a dud. It uh, we tried something, and it was um, snake bit right from the start. 
it's all part of the process though isn't it yeah like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to admit that like that's something that i kind of failed on and i didn't see it through and it, it just didn't get the traction that i wanted it to but you know what we tried and it is what it is so yeah it yeah. was there um this is where you um you're gonna have to take the role on this one because i think i've got my dates mixed up so you get you head back to back to japan yeah give me what you've got and i'll correct you if we need to okay so i've got uh, three matches. Yes. Um, I've got uh, first one is uh, yourself. Obviously, you are. By the way, we, we forgot to mention this. You are now officially Dukin. Yeah. Like you, you've already dropped the Jurgen Hamley thing. I'm pretty certain it was the start of that Nemesis show. Sorry to, to go back yeah. two shows. You came out. You cut that promo. And you're like, I'm not even German. You bunch of idiots. Yeah, I started it all in, in the accent, didn't I? And then just dropped yeah. it off. Yeah, I, 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 should, I should have made a note out because, yeah, you opened that show. I think it was you, Danzig, and Barry may have been with you. Might not have been with you. I can't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, you yeah, opened I, that show. And uh, it, it had everyone yeah. convinced because, I say, your German accent's pretty bloody good. So it wasn't a case of where someone puts it on because they're trying to be funny. It genuinely fooled a lot of, I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. So, I, I went I, to. I used to do some shows, and people thought I was actually German. So. Yeah, I mean, so hats off to you on that one. Absolutely, hats off. Um, so yeah, you're 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 back in the east. I've got the first match down as yourself. This is uh, Emmy Secura and uh, Cayman Carmen again. Yeah, Saudi Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. So this, if this is the first match uh, back over there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what do you what do you remember about this one? The fact that Emmy told me she wanted me to pin her, which is mental. Oh. Fucking she hell. Said, I mean, that's, that's me. fucking high credentials, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, she, she put the match together. She said, we'll do this, 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 and this. You beat me. Like, yeah, wow. It, 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 at that point, you just like, fuck. Like, you kind of lost words a bit starstruck, perhaps? Not starstruck, because... I'd known her for like three, four years at this point. Yeah. I first met she came over with Ice Ribbon. She did a show for Pro Wrestling Eve and I met her there and that's what she gave me her business card. Going back to business cards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. No, I've still got hers as well. I think I've got yours somewhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's when I first met her and I'd, I'd speak to her every now and then. So I'm quite, I was quite comfortable, still quite comfortable talking to her on a, a friend mentor sort of level yeah i mean but it's a freeway and obviously freeways can be a bit awkward we've mentioned how did this one go down much better much better like the the guy behind the the saudi carmen gimmicks pretty you know he's 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 well known on the circuit the japanese circuit but i won't give away who he is um but he's he's got a good mind for it and emmy's mind is ridiculous like they've just got ideas coming out the backside. It's, it's crazy, and they both know that venue so well. Yeah, there's so many creative ideas there. So it was it was a lot of fun from what I remember. And so, so in, uh, any sort of um, uh, debuting in sort of like new venues for this one? Any sort of really impressive venues? Uh, I think later on we did Osaka, and that one was uh, that was a good show. Yeah. How come only three matches on this tour, by the way? Well, that was only three defences. I did a few other little bits, 
The same on the previous uh, one. I've got you. So there was like not title matches and tag matches and I think I did a water fight battle royal as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't give me ideas. Oh, bloody hell. They're brilliant. Everyone gets wet. <laughs> I mean, whoever's ring we're borrowing from this year onwards because the Favin's kind of packed up and, and kind of done now. They're going to hate me for that if we do that. Mm, yeah, we'll, we'll, Oh, be fine. <laughs> oh God! So we move into our, to our, the second match. Hopefully, I've got this in the right order. It's yourself. This is Kon- uh, Konaka uh, Palawan. Pretty much Konaka Palawan. Yeah. So this is uh, this is the second match. Yeah, Palawan is like a, a Japanese take on the word pale one because he does like a weird yoga ghost gimmick. I don't know what Kanaka is. I think it's just a Japanese name. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm learning bits and pieces, you know, this is good, this is good. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I've been, been learning uh, like Italian rock music all day, I've been listening to Maniskin, so a uh, bit, bit, bit of Italian, bit of Japanese. Mate, I, I am, I'm fucking, I'm doing really good today. Fantastic. Just tie if you want. <laughs> what do you have, mate? Ease me, in, ease me in a bit gently. Two languages in one day is enough, I'm not doing three. So what do you remember most about this match? Uh... I got into the weekly Japanese wrestling magazine, which I'd not done before. And that was a, another, like a, a stretch goal that I'd set myself. So I was super happy with that. Um, the match itself, I felt a little bit disappointed. And the reason being, the guy was a lot shorter than me. I was going in as the champion. Um, I gave him far too much, gave my size away too much. And there was a few, there was like one clunky bit, I think the match is up on the internet somewhere, where he's got, he just tries to do the Undertaker spot, but in reverse. So I'm the one walking the ropes. Yeah. Size difference. I had to drop down to the middle (sighs) rope. And it was so awkward. And I just thought, this is not fun. Felt a bit of a goof. Is it kind of like when if, if you've been to a family wedding and you make you dance with a big bridesmaid, you're like, you're like, you're trying to maneuver a wardrobe. Pretty much, but I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I'm so going to get killed for some of this. Fucking hell. Oh, God. <laughs> nah, uh, it's a bit clunky. I, I, the finish stretch was okay. I managed to do a flip in a match. Um, but yeah, I was really pleased with like the pictures and the pictures of like the German suplex and stuff at the end, which I was starting to use at the time, the, the cross-legged one. Yeah. Oh, no, have you yeah. kept the mag? You must have kept. You must have kept the magazines from these. I've got the magazines and the post. The uh, flyers. Fantastic. Yeah. Because I, I, um, I get this. At this point, I was collecting everything that I was doing. So I was collecting every poster that we did at Pressing Few, every wristband we you or ticket we did at Pressing Few. I used to collect every poster for Britannia Wrestling and Wrestle. What's that company called? Wrestle Midlands and a few a few other companies I, I was working for. Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of similar to you in that kind of respect that I used to kind of uh, catalogue it and I'd, I'd want to keep it to a sort of memories when I'm all old and broken and I can look back and say, I was all right one day, I was all right. Yeah, it's the right thing but, to do. I think more people yeah. should. I mean, I, obviously I've stopped doing it now. Like, once you start missing a few posters, I think, oh, fuck it, I can't be asked now, whatever. Yeah, but, but I just, just to collect, like, select posters of, like, particular moments if you know what i mean yeah if i get on 
a, a particular poster for I don't know, say for a decent company, like a decent sized company or whatever. Like I think I've got most of your shows. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've got um a handful of house paying ones, uh gato move ones, uh heat up, I've got a DDT one, I've got a few other bits. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think more people should. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's kind of nice once once you're getting into your fifties, sixties, whatever, and you're you're all done and dusted. To have a little bit of a look back and go, you know what, this was actually pretty cool. I was I was on a poster or a leaflet that four thousand people in Stoke on Trent got through their door. So four thousand people looked at my face and thought, no, I'm not buying a ticket for that. Or <laughs> looked at your face and or looked at your face and thought, oh, I might buy a ticket for that. He's a handsome devil. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, aren't there a lot of bald people on this roster? Hmm, yeah. It's, it's a here, isn't it? It is, and yet I'm here with a beautiful full head of hair. There's there's no justice in the world, is there? <laughs> no. So we're obviously... We... Poster thing, on the poster thing, just as yeah. a, well, you know, because there's not enough sidebars in this already. It's, it's, it's a big reason why I used to write blog posts so frequently. It's like, I always think you should have these things on record. It's important to capture like how you feel it about these experiences because you don't actually think about them in the moment unless you sit down and do it. And then when you look back, it's gone. You can't get that feeling back again. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And obviously putting a nice little bow on this sort of second tour, you've got your final uh, G6 match over there. It's yourself. Versus, is it Paxa? Paxa? That's right, Paxa, yeah. Okay, if, if I say it, it sounds like the stuffing you get at Christmas, you know what I mean? So, again, my, my Stoke-on-Trent accent ruining uh, all these beautiful names. So, uh, where, where did this one go down and what do you remember from this match? Uh, okay, so this was a soccer. I was absolutely de- determined to have a good match in a soccer. Uh, I think this, this did that job. Um, Paxa was like, a rookie from the Thai version of Gato Move. There was like a lot of Thai people came over for this little tour as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he had given a really good impression of himself at the Kraken show, uh, just by how he held himself, you know, how he presented himself, and he did really well. So it was it was made that I, I was going to wrestle him and try and help him progress. Uh, and I think we just tried to do like I just said I want to do a faster pace match with a few little breaks in it and just keep the pace up, keep the pace up. Because at this point I was I was I was pretty fit, <laughs> and it was quite hard to blow me up at the time. And he he was similar. We'd have like little squat offs in training and all that. Sort <laughs> of. We're we're on a on a similar wavelength. And I think we'd planned for about 12 minutes and we did it in seven. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got a bit of an option for that, but it happens. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Again, not watching it back. Don't want to. Yeah. It's just leave the memories alone. Yeah. Uh, If if we're going to start singing whatever song that was, Three Doors Down? Is that the right band? No idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, so we, we go from there, which would have been the 25th of June. You've got a bit of time off because, again, Purse Infuse will be doing four or five shows per year. We swing into Purse Infuse. Uh, let me think. We supernova. So it's the 9th of September. 
and you're pulling double duty and you've got a brand new partner and you're facing someone else who's definitely not the ideal characteristic of what we thought G6 was, all in the same show. Um, So you're defending your G6 title against Drill, and then you're also defending the tag team titles with your now uh, bitch on a leash, Mr. Rob Sharp. Yeah. Um, against the Barmy Army, because I mean, there are no two ways about it. Barmy Army were over. Um, no one had ever seen anything like nowhere, and he got over it. Was say right from that sweet as a nut show. Teaming in with Matt Brooks, um, it it was perfect. Um, I did ask originally Henry T. Grad if he wanted to come in to tag with Noah to be Wonderland and have them faces. He turned that down. I saw Matt Brooks at a GPW show. And again, the opera thing, I thought, fucking hell, no one does anything like that. This is obviously before Aiden English does it in NXT and WWE. Um, And I just thought the big curly air, Matt Brooks and Nowhere. I don't know where, I don't even know where the name Barmy Army came from. I know it's a stoky football chant. And I think I might have heard it at a a person view show, just someone chanting it, stored it in the back of my head and just thought the two quite fun guys. They don't take life too seriously. One does opera, one's got a bear that's burnt. Barmy Army. And off to the races we went. So which one do you want to talk about first? Yourself and Drill or you and Rob versus Barmy Army? Let's get Drill out of the way. (laughs) Go on then. I'm relatively certain this only came around as as a last minute change perhaps. I'm not aware of it. You'd be the one to know. You, You Honestly, wouldn't often <laughs> let me in on what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, only, occasionally, and it was only a little bit later on. I think when we get with uh, when Rob was a bit more involved, that I kind of felt comfortable pushing it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's gone and so uh, how did you and Drill go down? Um. I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't think there was a good match there. Like backstage, got on with him. Great. Give him a bit of shit. He gives it back. All good. Yeah. I just don't think it it meshed as a match. I think from what I remember, he was trying to keep up with me. I was trying to keep up with him. Right, but he he wrestles completely different. And then yeah. I think Pi or the Gregs thing came around with it as well. <laughs> so they're trying to get that in. But I think I think you find later on he's much better as a character wrestler, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's he's this, this version. I don't want to say this version's Big Daddy because I know people will take that badly, but he's so over the top and so fun yeah. that he's just fit into that mold of he doesn't really need to wrestle to be over. He just needs to go out there and have some fun and put carrots up bums and chuck out pies and whatever else he's done at Pro. I haven't seen the carrots up bums. I I don't want to see it. I, I know I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to put that on your Facebook wall when I know you're asleep and I know you can't delete it until hours after when you wake up. So, uh, no, I won't, I won't really. I won't really. It's all good. It's all good. Um, is this the, what, this the match? You've got that infamous picture of you walking away from Drill. You've got the belt over your shoulder. He's injured in the ring and you're walking yeah. off like a cool Marvel figure. Yeah, I love that picture. Yep. That, that is one of those ones, like, it'll come up on my feed every so often, I'll go, that's fucking ace. It might have been Tony Knox. It was um, Tony. 
yeah, like Tony does not get enough credit. I fucking love that man to bits. He yeah. like just fantastic. He he like and he knew what he was doing. That isn't luck. He did that mm. on fucking purpose. So uh, yeah, Tony, you never. I know he's never, never going to listen to the podcast back, but Tony, we fucking love you, mate. You are absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah, one of the best in the country by yeah quite. And his promo pictures are spot on. Cannot yeah. fault him. He, he gives new and little nuances that you don't get with other guys. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so obviously you've got through that with drill. Then we're going to be defending the tag bouts later on. It's the Barmy Army versus uh, yourself and Rob. I think I've got written down the Barmy Army won this. But obviously they didn't win the they didn't win the tag bouts. I could be wrong. Um. Uh... No, they, they won't. I think they they might have won this via like a DQ. I've got that Maybe. in the head. Maybe. Yeah. Um, could, I could if, be wrong, but it, there's definitely something there because I've got down Barmy Army one because we wanted to build them up because they were hot. So there was no toys about Barmy Army. I think the thing the thinking was, if I remember right, Danzig's gone. What can we do with what we have got left with the sickness? Then we had the idea. Which will well sort of half transpire later on, and then Barmy Army were on fire. Let's set the table for them. Give them a little yeah. bit of build, and then slap it on them. Yeah, because I mean, like, there's no two ways about it. I mean, yourself and Rob Shaw was it was superb. Like it was shaping up to a really good story. Um, like he was kind of being your you know, bitch for one to a better term. You know, you were treating him. You weren't letting him touch the belts. Um, he was. Carrying you on his shoulders down to the ring, which yeah. let's be honest, that's a fucking cool entrance. Yeah, bullet club that, that was when yeah. um, his face Finn Balor was doing it. I mean, like that must. I mean, I know it's 180 people at a Silverdale Working Men's Club, you know, but that's still got to feel pretty good. You've got a belt around your waist, you've got a belt in each hand, you're being carried to the ring on someone's shoulders like a. Uh, Roman God, that's got to feel pretty damn good. And it was all spur of the moment as well. Literally did, you just say, did you just say, like, Rob, get out and we'll get on your shoulders? He's like, fuck it, okay. No, he didn't He didn't say anything. He, he walked off to start. I think he started doing his shtick that he normally does, his filthy, gorgeous stuff. And I yeah. called him and he looked at me with a face of confusion. I think there's a photo where you can see he's visibly thinking, what the fuck's going on? And I, I made him stand there and I said, I'm going on your shoulders carry me and he did and he goes where are we going and I made him put me on the apron and then I think I made him come and open the ropes as well because <laughs> I, I, I just I feeling of like let's do something with this if, if yeah. we're losing belts which I have no issue with let's get something and just just put a feeler out there and see what happens yeah I, I mean it, it was it was fantastic really 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 great stuff yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, it's, it's weird. So when I'm kind of going back and looking at the initial details of these shows, we kind of swing back into um, like when you started with the G6. You know, we we had yourself and John McGregor, who'd not long started with us, and it's almost like we'd come full circle almost, where we were just trying to put you against someone yeah. to try and create a new a new superstar, a new babyface superstar. And it, it, it very much felt like that. Yeah. That, if it, did, did it feel that, like kind of like starting from, from cold? It, it, to be honest, it felt like 
okay, what the fuck do we do? And yeah. and the juice was starting to, it felt like it was becoming more of an afterthought to the to the tags, if that makes sense. And yeah, that's when I started getting frustrated. Yeah, because he's pressing for you, Lucky Charm Bars, the 3rd of October 2016. Uh, yourself and John McGregor, this probably opened the show. Um, I, I could be mistaken, but I think that's probably about right. Uh, re- I really liked John. I thought John was a really nice guy. Um, taking a bit of a backseat from wrestling these days. He might come back to it later on down the line, but I think for the time being, he's happy just, just being himself and doing his own thing. But I thought, because he's a bit eccentric with the moustache and the gentlemanly stuff, I kind of had really high hopes. I thought he was going to be our next, our next Noah, our next Sexy Kev, our next breakout star. Didn't quite pan out as much as I would have liked. Um, but we just needed to try something. We needed some to bring in some new baby faces and um, yeah. we just had to do I it. Was, I don't think there was anything wrong with him either. Like as a, as a, From a wrestling perspective, the match was fine. But I think it needed another level. He needed, excuse me, some, some sort of extra, not, not character is not the right word, but you, you see where I'm coming from. He needed yeah. something to level up and it wasn't quite there yet I, I haven't seen much of him so I don't know if it came further down the line or what yeah um, bit, bits and pieces I think he was still trying to find his feet trying to feel a bit comfy he wasn't that comfy um, kind of showboating for the crowd and having that kind of level of interaction that you need at pro wrestling for you if you don't know how to work a crowd or you've got no voice you are fucked absolutely yeah, fucked one of those where I felt like I had to overcompensate what I was doing yeah in, yeah. in that te- like technically and mechanically no issue yeah fantastic so we, we kind of go from that also obviously the tag belts want to be in on that show um, we finish up that year we swing into the first show of 2017 it's another anniversary show it's from Silverdale with love it's the Barmy Army getting a count out win over yourself and Rob Shaw so the previous one can't have been a count out then no, maybe the other one would have been maybe a, a, a DQ. Yeah. Maybe um, just kind of cheating and getting caught just to, just to walk off of the belts and be like, okay, yeah, you won. We've still got these. I'd say that's probably about accurate. Okay. I, I, I need to go back and watch you, to be honest. I've, I've not had a chance to go back and watch like 20 different shows. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that more than likely that's what would have been my mindset. Of, okay, DQ the first time. You get a bit closer with a count out, and then you get you know, you go all the way and we do it. So yeah, Barmy Army getting a win over both yourselves at uh, from Silverdale with Love via, via count out, just a bit of something different. No G6 uh, defended on that show though. No. So definitely G6 has taken a bit of a backseat. It's definitely a afterthought um, at this point, as much as I hate to admit it. Yeah, and I was definitely ready to drop those tag straps by this point. Yeah. That's not what I wanted to focus on. Yeah. I I think we were just struggling to... We needed superstars. We needed people to be the next one in the the chain to be over enough to carry the belt. And we just didn't didn't have a lot of that. Yeah, and I think also, like we were touched on before, that the whole downfall of the sickness thing, ended up playing into that didn't it and you know it, it did kind of pay off in its own sort of way sort yeah it's it's for, for the the biggest sort of failure of it it actually did come around and be 
quite like a nice little ending. You know, Rob was a great addition. There's no two ways about it. Um, didn't obviously things don't end quite like we would have wanted to, but obviously we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So part yeah. of my army get getting a win over, over yourself and Rob. I think you're starting to be more aggressive towards Rob at this point. You're kind of chastising him uh, at ringside. You've been vile to him. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, and again, that's it's Rob starting to get over it as a face at this point. He's been mm. funny. The crowd are going, you know what? This dude is working hard to entertain us. He's had a sexy dance off with Kev. He's had a bear match with Noah. He's yeah. <laughs> he, there's no two ways about it. Like, he's putting in the fucking effort, and he's Rob's getting over. So I think that's yeah. we, we're not consciously going down that route, but we are subconsciously going down that route of okay, this. We didn't plan for this, but if this is where, if this is what's getting over, let's do it. So we'll start heading down that route. Yep. Uh, Barmy Army, you're getting hot, getting towards that point. We take a little detour into a brand new venue with a very low ceiling. It's, hey. uh, yep, this is the one. It's, uh, it's Brad, Bradwell's Hal in the Well, and it's most infamously known for Orange Gate. <laughs> um, do, you, do, you want, do you want to tell this one because Kim Rocks is absolutely sick of hearing me say it I bet she is she uh, was ring announcing and she left an orange on the stage and me being the absolute dick I was saw the orange and thought hey Kim have your orange threw it to her but I, I don't think she saw it coming <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say at this point, right, so that was an awkward venue. You know, we had that little room on the stage and then we had yeah. a room the back left of the venue. So the second half had to be in the back venue, the uh, back room. The first <laughs> half, guys, had to be ready in, in that front tiny little office. And then we kind of shuffled you both around during the interval. Not the best, yeah. but, you know, we kind of worked with what we did. So Kim and... Yes, yeah, Kim... Kim at the back, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It was like the back left of the venue, so that was kind of like saved for the second half and obviously the um, for the guys from the first half to kind of go in the back and, and whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, Kim had rang me on the way to the venue. I think she'd have been maybe four or five months pregnant at this point, somewhere in that kind of gap, four, five, six months. And she rings me on the way to the venue and she knows it's an early start. She says, Phil, do you need anything? I'm just going to Morrison's pick up some lunch. Do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, fucking ace. I need some food for in the back because that, for me, is one of the most important things that I do for as many of my shows as I can do it. Put some can food we... in the back for your talent. Yes. That, um, that is, you would not believe how few and far between that is and how appreciated that is. Well, I mean, that's, that's not me trying to carry favour with anyone. That's just me. I can't afford to give everyone crazy great wages. I can't afford to do massive venues and big lighting trucks and uh, all this sort of stuff. But I can show my appreciation with 10 quid's worth of food. Yeah, but it goes a long way because you don't really get that in many other places. Even bottles of water, which I feel should be a standard in, in yeah. wrestling. It's not there. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. Little things like they add up. Yeah, if, if you tell me people appreciate it, because no one really tells me, people don't tell me jack shit. If you, if you tell me people enjoyed it and appreciate it, I am happy with that. I, from my perspective and from what I saw, it was vastly appreciated and enjoyed. So Fantastic. Give yourself a, 
Thank you, dear. Thank you. That's very kind. And so you take all of that appreciation, you grab a big orange fruit, and while our pregnant and that. <laughs> well, it, 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 it looked bigger than a tangerine, but smaller than an orange. It was somewhere in that kind of gap. Um, and you come walking out on stage with this big Vince McMahon swagger, and you kind of like flick this fucking orange with your thumb, and Kim doesn't see it. it I mean, she's fake tan, so maybe the glow from a fake tan. Who knows? Both orange. It hits a smack bang in the face. Now... <laughs> At this point, I'm at the back of the room with Chris, the DJ, to my right. I've got Kim's dad to my left with Kim's stepmom. And her dad is worried about her getting in and out of the ring because she's four, five, six months pregnant. And he's, like, really worried for her safety. He's like, Phil, are you sure she's okay? Like, honestly, mate, she's good. She's good. I wouldn't ask her to do anything she doesn't want to do. I've told her to stay on the stage. Blah, 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 blah. And at that point... Your music hits, you walk out, boom, in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, Kim, if you listen to this back, I'm so fucking sorry. But it's the fact that she doesn't see it coming, she doesn't flinch, she doesn't blink, boosh, off the top of her head. Yep, because it rolls out of the ring, you're walking and pissing yourself laughing. Ryan's already in the ring, and he's kind of like corpsey and trying to hide his face. and. You kind of like chuck your bad at it, and she calls you a orange chucking woman beater, or or words to that effect, something like that. Yeah, it's be- it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. She's um, real. Yeah, take takes fruit. <laughs> she took it in a stride. She she wet herself laughing when I got the ring. Her, her dad didn't know what to do at this point, so he'd been asking me about her going in and out of the ring. And I was like, mate, she is safe. Nothing will harm her. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, um, when I said nothing will harm her, I, I mean, I didn't account for fruit. So, yeah, it's fine. And it, it, again, it was fine. What, what do you remember best about this match? Apart from, um, I remember a kid shouting at you something about, cause you debuted your flaps, or at least your flaps were yeah. more noticeable on this show. Explain um, the flaps. Anyone who doesn't know what they are, Phil. Well, say flaps. Well, I, I, if I, I don't know how you'd explain. It's just kind of like a little piece uh, of cloth. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is it? Why? Why the flaps? One simple reason. I did a show in Leicester. Somebody took a photo. I could see a clear outline. I thought I don't want to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so the old uh, twig and berries got is got a bit shy, did they? You, you could see everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's a cool look. I mean, if if anyone here, um, you know, plays games like you know, old computer games like Golden Axe and stuff like that, those main characters always had a guy in trunks, and they kind of looked like they had a bit of a flap on. So, yeah, we got quite creative in, in the end. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you remember about this match with Ryloid? Who's obviously going to feature very prominently in your story? Um, I remember the low ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, that, that, was the, uh, that, that was the kind of issue with that entire show. And the reason why we didn't go back, of course. It, I didn't think it was an issue. I, I quite enjoyed it because it keeps you... You have to think properly instead of relying on this and that. 
So I didn't yeah. actually mind. I don't think uh, Rye did either, to be honest, because he, because I was trying to challenge him all the way through. I mean, Rye does end up breaking the ring during the second half, or maybe just <laughs> just before the first half. I can't remember which order it's in. I think it's first match after the interval. So while we're trying to do the raffle, trying to put the the ring back together, it is head on on the. Uh, I want the top turnbuckle, the top turnbuckle came off because there's not enough tension in the ratchets underneath to make the ropes tight enough. And yeah, top rope came off in the middle of the match and they carried on. So uh, hats off to them. Yeah, he's a good lad. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good egg. He's definitely a good egg. But then we swing back to Press Infuse, release the Kraken over in Silverdale. It's yourself, it's Rob Shaw. Um, is this the. See, it does start off a bit chaotic. You you both do hit a fan with an orange. Yeah, that was my fault. I think I introduced the oranges. Yeah, because you, you, I think you both got them. You're chucking them at each other. One of you, I think Rob must have been in the ring. You're walking down the side where Magic Mark usually sits. You throw yeah. one, it goes past him, and it hits a lady in the little tear. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, um, you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you. You did know because I came and told you about it. So you're like, shit, should I give her a T-shirt? And oh, I said, look, I, I, yeah, I said, I'm, I'm leave you with me. I'm going to go speak to her. And um, she was pretty cool. She was like, you know what? I just didn't see it coming. I was like, I oh, know you weren't expecting yeah, fruit to hit you in the face. I get it. And she, she, was, she was really cool. She said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I was like, can I chuck you a T-shirt? And she was like, no, no, it's cool. An absolute pro. Good stuff. Yes. Um, this is you and Rob, or you letting Rob just um, wing the shit out of you till you do get a dirty pin. Is this the right one? That's the one. Fine. Let's see, again, this match may only go on like six or eight minutes. I remember it being a bit shorter, but it's fantastic. Just wait a minute. Have we dropped the belt yet? Um, no. Oh, actually... When would you? That's a very good fucking point. When would you have dropped the tag belts? Do you remember? You, you definitely dropped them to the Barmy Army. Army, yeah, yeah, because they pinned Rob. Um, that's a very good point. Because there were some afters after that, and that's what set this match up. The, it, that must have been at the From Silverdale with Love. It wasn't a countout at all. Because there's yeah, no yeah. other point at which you could have done it because you didn't show up at the show after. You didn't show up at How in the Wild with the tag belt. So, yeah, it must have been from Silverdale with Love. See, that's yeah. a cagematch.net being great, but also not being terribly thorough, unfortunately. I should have checked, but I, I can't watch you know, 20, 30 shows all before doing a podcast. So, we're, we'll, we'll, call, we'll call that one all. Yeah, so you're G6 at this point. Rob levers you for about six minutes. You get a dirty pin with your... I think you wrap your arm around the rope. That's right. Uh, but you roll out and you're just like, back of the line, Rob, back of the line, as you walk off like an absolute fucking chode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's so what, go on. We need to talk about the setup for it then, don't we? A little bit. Go on. Yeah, go on. You, you, uh, you lay, the, lay all this out. So when we dropped the tag strap, it was... Rob got the pin, and I wasn't in the ring. I slid in, let the let the ball of the army get their bits, and I'm, I was. They left, and I absolutely laid into Rob, and I think I slapped him around the face. Yeah, and then left. He came after me, 
and then end scene leading up to this this one. So that's why he was absolutely battering me. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm going to say Rob was fucking over. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the crowd had it, it's kind of taken the piss for long enough. They'd gone along and you say, you know what, this dude is working hard to entertain us. They, um, yeah, they, he earned their respect. They saw that he, how entertaining he was. You know, pro wrestling for you, kind of crazy, you know, a bit silly with his pink whip and top knot and ridiculous super tan and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, he was over. Um, no two ways about it. Absolutely fucking crazy. So. Yeah, so that was a press infuse release the crack and really good match. But I just remember you shouting that back of the line, Rob, back of the line, and you walked off in such a, a huff. I just thought yeah. that was fucking that was fucking perfect. Like such a great way of doing it. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't for the orange incident at the start of this match, it would have been perfect. But yeah, yeah really, really fucking solid six to eight minutes. Great setup, great finish, great, yeah, great finish. Cannot fault it. A lot of those photos from that match that Tony took ended up in Fighting Spirit magazine when they did a piece on Rob as well. Ah, I didn't, I didn't realise that. Yeah, I think they did a, a one to watch sort of thing. Back yeah, yeah. Up. And they used uh, quite a lot of photos from that particular match. Oh fuck! I wish I wish I'd have uh, wish I'd have known that. I could have kept that one, but. So now we're coming into the final few shows for you. We're in the final stretch, and we are getting near the two and a half hour point of this podcast. So uh, it's going to be. A, but we, we knew this was going to be a long one anyway. We couldn't just do this in half an hour. Not a fucking chance. It wouldn't. It wouldn't do you justice. It wouldn't do what you did for for me for my, for my company justice. So fuck it. If it's three hours, it's three hours. I really don't care. Um. Obviously, this bit of a bit of a sort of bad news for this next show because you're not on it. It's Press Infuse versus the World. It's the 10th of September, 2017, and there's no Dukin, and also no. Rob Rob Sharp has now gone from the company too. Mm. So, we're, so remind me, why weren't you on this show? I had a tooth abscess. I couldn't. <laughs> Get it looked at. <laughs> like, like, I, I, yeah, because I know what you're like, and the, the idea of you missing a show, even though I know the G6 was starting to weigh a bit heavy on you, um, the idea of you missing a show would have just mm. been fucking horrible for you. Yeah. I think I was starting to get the enthusiasm back after we'd set everything up with Rob, but I think there was yeah. a little bit back as well with, okay, he's not around now, what are we doing? But yeah. that never factored into that. That decision, it was literally just fucking sucks. I don't, I can't even bear to think about wrestling on there, which sounds yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> not, no, not, not at all. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't wrestle with, with a you know, tooth obsessed or anything like that. It's bad enough to get like a better toothache, but yeah, yeah that's that, that, that's um, not. So. It wasn't up until I think I'd messaged you the previous day saying, if I can't get this looked at, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to come. And then it wasn't until later on in the evening that I'd confirmed it the, the day before, I think. But I was trying to give you a heads up to get someone in to replace, wasn't I? Yeah. And in the in the possibility. So. Yeah, I mean this this show was like all over the place. This is, it was a versus the world show anyway. So that's kind of where we wanted to introduce people from other companies 
Uh, yeah, we had like Just Do Wrestling on board. We had uh, Iron Fist Wrestling. I think there's one or two more. Um, yeah. So it was, it was so e- not easy, but it was easier to change people out and just remove them and go, okay, we're sticking this person in, representing this company, go. And it's just, it was, it was quite easy. Um, yeah. Little note, obviously, I'm not going to go into too much detail because it, it does fall into the sort of personal category. But yeah, Robert left at this point. It was unfortunate because it was a brilliant story with yourself and Rob. I thought, you know what? Rob's the next superstar. We could put the G6 on him. We, we've got him. He's, he's, our, he's our champ. Um, and unfortunately, Rob had some sort of personal issues. Um, didn't behave as well as I would have hoped. And it was just impossible to work with him after this point. So... We had to make the decision and say, we, we, we can't do this. So we, we, we had to say, we can't have you back. We can't have you at Pro Wrestling for you now. Maybe down the line, but for, this, for, this, for the time being, we're going to have to part ways. So uh, that one of the most over people on our roster has just been stripped from the roster. Yeah. I, I was gutted, but I, I also knew what was going on because I was quite... I was, I was around Rob quite a lot at the time, so I knew what was going on, and I was like, oh, I can't believe you you know, this is what's happened and this is the outcome. I'm a bit pissed off about it, but yeah, it's, it's not my business to get involved in. So, Yeah, unfortunately, this is the bit that the the fans, whenever they're criticising AEW or WWE, this kind of shit happens in big companies as well as little companies. So when fans are kind of judging the product that's on TV and saying, why are they doing this? This doesn't make sense. Why is this not happening? They have the same issues that we do, the same issues that people in Germany do and Mexico. It's ego, it's personality, it's professionalism. It's all this stuff rolled into one. And we're no exception to that. So I felt wounded that we'd kind of invested in Rob. Um, or, well, I felt more wounded for you than I did for me because I know that you wanted someone to drop it to. And I know you saw that it was a hot story. The crowd were behind it. They, they believed it. They wanted it. It made sense. It ticked every fucking box. And it was yeah. a box that we hadn't even planned. And it just came out of nowhere, got hot. We're like, fucking hell, this is amazing. This is this is the best way to do it. And then we just had to completely cut it off and start again. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, well, that's just how the how the world works sometimes, ladies and gents. It's things just don't quite work out how you want it. That's right. Unfortunate, but that's it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we move on to the 13th of October. It's Press Infuse, the golden ticket. I know this one kind of doesn't sit too well with you because champion versus champion. So Noah is one of the tag team champions. I'm relatively certain the person that we were going to put you against and the person that we were going to put Noah against both dropped out because it's five single matches on this show, which we wouldn't usually book. We'd always have a tag on there somewhere. Um, so I know Matt Brooks was going, I think he, we put him against Grodd late, later in the night. I could be wrong about that. Um, and then we put you, you against Noah. Um, yeah. Noah, Noah tag champ, you G6 champ. I know when people hear that, and I know you kind of think this the same as well. When it's champ versus champ, whoever loses, it, it's a bit shit on. Yeah. Um. Noah, the absolute consummate professional that he is, he's like, you know what? Make, you know, having the 
tag champ lose in a singles is better than having the singles lose to a tag champ in a singles match. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That works. So, um, what do you remember most about this match, apart from the very dapper tuxedo-wearing announcer? <laughs> it, it was me, ladies and gents. It was me. I was the... Uh, as the guest announcer, as Mr. Daniel Terry was at a wedding, I think, because it was his brother's wedding for this show. So we're, I donned the tux and thought, I'm not going to pay someone else to do it. I'm just going to do it. So, fuck yeah. it, why not? Yeah. Um, I remember we were trying to showcase Noah in a little bit of a different light where we were trying to show that he can wrestle a little bit. And in hindsight, that's not what the silver nail wanted to see at all. They just wanted to see the Noah stick. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was hard because we both wanted to give a good a good account of ourselves, and uh, I don't know it, it's it's hard. That yeah. Makes sense. So the finish was shit as well. <laughs> I, mean, I can't remember what the finish of this one was. I I do. I just well, watched a UFC match where somebody had done a real weird like German suplex into an arm bar so I thought I'll do that didn't work ah just arse well you know the fans are always going to forgive Noah anyway because Noah was over with the crowd so even if it looks a bit sloppy it's a bit mm, doesn't quite work the crowd are always going to forgive him so uh, the rest of it just just that finish to be honest yeah, I think it's a good, solid 10-minute match. There's no great blemish on either, either of your records for this match. You know, it was, it was solid enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. This does swing into one of my favourite matches. Now, I would probably put this match up there in my top top five. If there's a top five Mount Rushmore, call it whatever you want to call it. Press Fuse, ho, 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 let's go. It was yourself. It was Ryloid, and it was the former Pyro, now Alex Bauer, Alex Bauer, Mr. Shortman Syndrome, Mr. Super Medium Size himself, in a free in a freeway um, for the G6 match. And this goes back to what you said at the start of the podcast, where the crowd can like a little bit of indie, a little bit of indie kind of uh, how do you phrase it? Goebbels, garbles, whatever the fuck you said. Gobbins. Gobbins. Maybe I'm with a G. Sounds like that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, so really fantastic match. You can tell, um, I think, super kicky and Ryloid. That was right, right from the get go. So it's just the two of you while he recovers. Beautiful opener to a triple to a, a freeway. Superb. Yeah, but the idea with that was I, I've watched a lot of freeways in prep for this, and I thought there's always somebody on their off selling. So the key was to try and keep it moving at all all the time. It had to be a big move to put somebody down for any length of period, at any period of time to get anything going. And then it has yeah. to be in and out, in and out, in and out. So no one's selling for more than, I think, about 30 seconds. That was the idea. Up until that big, big double down thing that we all did. Yeah. Which I know you, you liked because you put clips of it up. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's um, what people... Um, you know, fan cam footage, you know, whatever they send me is whatever they enjoy. And if the crowd enjoys it, I enjoy it. So, yeah. Yeah. If they, yeah, Phil, yeah, Phil, I recorded you this for you. I was like, all right, cool. I I, I'm not very techie wise. So, me editing and all this sort of stuff, I'm not great at that. So, if people send it me and it's on a WhatsApp, 
cool. I can just upload it straight from there. Boom, done. Um, but yeah, a really, really solid match. I, lo- I do love the finish for this because Ryan, I think he hits a, is it a senton? Yeah. And then you, I think you, then you bin him. You get yeah. the, you get, you get the pin. And that that's yeah. just kind of setting up for what we know is going to finish this run where Ryan could have won if it wasn't for what you just did. Yeah. Um, yeah, beautiful match. Because I, I think, I remember reading in your blog, you, you said, um, you just went into it, you said, hey, let's just do a bit of indie, let's just go have a bit of fun. Yeah, I wanted it to sort of encapsulate where I thought the G6 should be, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's kind of what we had in mind from the get-go, and it kind of got a bit lost on the way. It goes in some weird directions. We didn't, we didn't plan it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if there's ever a quote-unquote G6 match, which we never really ground down what the rules of a G6 match were, it's just it's just a concept and whatever. This is, is a good a example of that, as you can get. Really great match. The crowd knew. Hootaboo, um, some great little set pieces. I think you've got, oh, I'm going to say, is it Ryan in a sort of modified surfboard and Alex kind of creeps it over and pins you while you've got him? Yeah, that's a Emi Sakura spot, that is. Yeah, be- beautiful little set pieces. I love stuff, like really well thought out, like yeah. really smart, smart wrestling, great finish. Um, the crowd would be right, not as much as I'd like, because he's not as overtop uh, characterful as I would have in, uh, liked. But I think at this point, we knew that we had to put it on Ryan. We knew it was, if it's going to happen, it's going to be with Ryan. We might not have rolled a six with, with Rob, you know, rolling the dice. Rob is a six, no toys about it. But Ryan was at least a good, solid four or five. If he just had that personality... He would have been up there because he can wrestle perfectly well. It's just yeah. not the, the most characterful guy in the world. But we knew. So you know what? It's great. It's good. It, I don't want to say good enough because that sounds really fucking detrimental. But mm. if we're gonna if we're gonna do it, it's got to be Ryan. So uh, yes, yeah, so we know that's we know that's where we're heading. So that finishes off that that year. We start the first show of 2018. We've got a brand new venue. And I think me and you don't necessarily see eye to eye on the reasoning behind this one. Um, we didn't know what we had with the venue. It's a really big venue. The room's fucking beautiful. Nice high ceiling. Really big room. It drew okay. It's probably maybe 160, 170 people. They weren't into everything on the night, but they were into it enough. And we thought, yeah. what better what better way to open a brand new venue? Um with enough crowd there to know that you've held that bout for fucking ever, if we're oh. going to do it, it needs to happen tonight. So, yeah, press infused, nobody does it better. Rye Lloyd dethrones Dukan of the G6 Championship after over 1,200 days plus. Yeah. And so talk me, talk me through it. Okay, let's, let's deal with your, your main point is, is the venue. I absolutely see the logic in it. Absolutely. Perfect logic. The only the only thing I thought about was, you know, it, I always felt it should have been Silverdale because it's, it's the home venue. They've been following it for ages. It would have been nice, a nice payoff 
for them to see that. But it's not a big issue at all. And I absolutely yeah. like I say, see why you did it in New Guinea. And it's it's a perfectly good reason. And that, that was yeah. all there is. Um because we weren't we weren't kind of with this with this venue, we knew we could get a lot more people in. Obviously with Silverdale, we kind of know how many we can get in and we sit quite comfortably for the most part for most of yeah. the Silverdale shows. If we, we can't do billboards on you know, on the A thirty four in Stoke, because if four hundred people show up. We can't have 400 people in the venue, but we could get 400 people um, in the nutting venue. Like it's big enough to get a very big sized crowd. So we were kind of banking on going balls to the wall with the promotion for that show. We thought we're going to get at least, we're going to aim for 300, 300, 350. They're going to make a lot of noise. And even if they don't know your story, the fact that they see a title change and everyone going nuts. We thought that yeah. would be the catalyst behind it. Didn't quite work as well as we'd have hoped, but by that point, we couldn't change it. So, no, I think you were dead right to make that decision. To be honest, oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about the match? Uh, again, it's another one I haven't seen back. I I think it went. I wanted it to be like the end point. And I wanted it to be like a progression of everything I've picked up all the way through. So like when I when I first got that belt, everything I'd learned, all the experience I've had, I wanted to try and encapsulate it into a match. So it had to be, I had to be able to show the technical side. I had to have Ryan outsmart me. I had to, you know, give him a good opportunity to sell, get himself over, and that finish needed to be like impactful and just try and set it up as best we could for him if that makes sense yeah again that, that thing that max said to me is have your the match where you win the title set the tone and that's what i wanted to do for him yeah uh, i mean the, the the beautiful beautiful thing about this match really good match really solid match i know you're a bit kind of i don't know hesitant to the right words you ryan goes to hit the canadian destroyer on, on you and there's a slight hes, uh, hesitation yeah. Um, I know you've, you've been a bit hard on yourself when you kind of look, you, when you've referenced that. Um, it's yeah. noticeable, but it still doesn't spoil people's fun. That's just kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Because um, he, he hits, I think he hits the scent on afterwards as well, just as like a little exclamation point on top of this. Gets the big win. And yeah. the funny, this obviously this will be one of my top moments of a decade of pressing for you. You refuse to leave the ring. Um, you're lying there Ryan is celebrating and I remember saying to you are you okay you're like look I felt I'm going to stay in the ring so when they have pictures I'm not going to move I'm like cool mate I'm fine with that do you I, I trust you whatever you're going to do and people were getting in the ring during the interval because he's right you the first half main event people are having pictures and Ryan's having pictures you know, literally lying on you and he's got his foot on you at one point and a couple of the other wrestlers, like Jenny B and Drill, I think they do the same. Maybe a yeah. couple of fans are doing it because you're not moving. And people are coming up right. to me going, Phil, why isn't he moving? <laughs> and I didn't know what to tell him. I'm like, just having to lie down, isn't he? Just... <laughs> <laughs> and I know what makes you move. A kid comes up and starts biting on your fucking wrestling boots on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> if there's ever a line to sum up the end of your G6. So, uh, Mark, how did the, the end of the G6 go? Well, I, I lost the belt and then the kids started chewing on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a way to go out, mate. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You're like, really, that little fucking kid's just trying to eat me. It was brilliant. I, I I really enjoyed that, and it, and I I enjoyed the photo that Tony got with Rye up in the corner, and I'm just laying stock like starfish in the middle of the ring. Couldn't yeah. ask for anything better. Yeah, that, that's I mean, what I, it, 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 I say. Like, it might not be you rolling a six, but that came it was pretty fucking close. It's a really good moment. Uh, I know Ryan, you know, always appreciated wrestling you. He, like, I know he, I have no idea if he ever told you this, but he always appreciated it. He said he learned so much. Um, and he just loved, work, loved working with you. So the fact that it was Ryan that you dropped the belt to, I know he yeah. was absolutely made up. Yeah, definitely the right person as well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, always look at Ryan. He's um, uh, like the, the, the heart of pressing for you. He might not be the loudest guy. He's our equivalent of Tommy Dreamer in ECW. He's the heart. Yeah, except without the baggy pleathers these days. Yeah, oh, don't, don't 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 get me started on that. Fucking hell! If he ever wears them again, I'll fucking burn him alive while he's in him. I, I really don't care. I think you've um, got come with him that I did about him. <laughs> yeah, just it's just it's 2001 bullshit at its best. Pleather, no, get in the fucking bin. Hate it. That's what I've throw dragon down the side of it yeah <laughs> fucking yes so then obviously we were kind of like wrapped up with yourself at that point you know that was the 3rd of march 2018 and we yeah. said you know what you've been with us for fucking god knows how many years four years five years whatever it is um let, let, let's we, we, yeah, we need to go uh, go away and learn a new hold let's go do something new let's bring you back oh, at a later yeah. date and not only that, I'd also I was taking a break around that time, wasn't I? Yeah. So, so, I was, what, so fill us in some bits and pieces there. Right. Well, I've just had enough. It's like wrestling can be really hard. It's like, and it's not just the physical. It's 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 mentally draining a lot of the time. It it takes you know I'm a parent. It takes so much of your time. I don't live with my kids, so I only see them at weekends and wrestling with like destroying that so I thought I need to take a break at least and see how I feel about it and I wasn't enjoying it that much anymore it was it was like I say mentally it was horrendous trying to juggle everything trying to juggle wrestling kids work whatever else relationships yeah I need to stop and need to break something and just see what see what the issue is it wasn't wrestling yeah, how long a break did you take? Because obviously we have got one more mention. It doesn't mention the G6, but we have got one more um, last little page in the person yeah. for your book. So how long a gap did you take off? It only ended up being about three months, but then actually physically on shows it was, uh, I think, about eight. No, six, sorry. Yeah, just took a six-month break from actual wrestling on shows. Was there like a like a sort of catalyst moment where you went, okay, I'm getting pulled back into this, or I want to get back into this? What was the sort of ignition point? Uh, I think I, I missed a lot of my friends. That was it. I was going yeah. to the gym and I had a purpose, and one day I just randomly walked up to training and ended up in the class. 
I mean, that's what that's one thing that um, whenever I've, I've yeah I've been doing these podcasts since kind of the the outbreak of you know, COVID and whatever, and I've got to know people I know really well. I've got to know people I didn't know you know quite so well, and we all come back to the same point. We're all completely different walks of life, different backgrounds, different um, different sexes, different sexualities, all this fucking stuff that makes us so fucking different. And we all come back to the very same point of, I love having a laugh with my wrestling friends. That's yeah. what it comes down to, you know, because the car journeys, yeah, yeah, you've got you know, all the protein farts, you've got the banter, you know, someone stops the car so you can have a wee at the side of the road, and then you start driving off. All this yeah. sort of all this sort of stuff here. You get in the changing room, and uh, you've got Matt Bur- you know, Kyle, Matt Burns telling you that Keith gave you his name. You're like, I know you've told me a million times. Keith tells you he's for Big Daddy. You go, I know Keith, you've told me a million times. Uh, Ryan goes for 87 smokes per show. Babyface Pitbull yep. is doing laps around the changing room because he's the most intense human being in the history of the world. Um, you've got people put, putting on face paint and weird tights and fake tan and baby oiling two straight men baby oiling each other up. It's a fucking circus, but I, I, we all fucking love it. And that's the point that we all arrive back at. And yeah, that's why, that's why no one ever truly retires from wrestling. Because we go, I want to go see my wrestling mates because they understand what I'm into. I understand what they're into. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I might have just hit the nail on the head. I, I've actually made a good, valid point. Fucking hell. I know. All right, well, but you are, even a blind squirrel will occasionally find a nut. So, <laughs> so we, we thought that was it. We thought, yeah, we're kind of done. We'll, we knew we, we, we will, all, yeah, the door would never be closed for you. Even, even now, even if you've got no interest, the door would never be closed for you. Um, and we knew at some point, if we get the right time, we're going to bring you back. And this right time happened to be like a year and maybe just shy of a year and a half later, we get to Perks Infuse, a method to our madness. Now, this show is named after me because I will tell people there's a method to my madness. Just trust me. So this is like a, 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 a tribute to myself. I don't do that often, but fuck it for this show. I did name it after myself. We were going to have... Sugar Dunkton, who got over right from the get-go. Ritmo, who was starting to get over as a really good face. And Ryloids, um, who, was, who had just dropped the G6 belt to Mark Morgan. Um, so the Sovereign pretty much had got all the gold. And it was meant to be the Sovereigns, Mark Morgan, G-Wiz, who, um, someone that you put me on to originally and is one of the best guys in the history of the world. I can't thank you enough getting me G-Wiz Bond, I've got to say. Bloody good, isn't he? He's, he's the most professional. Um, I, like, it makes me fucking proud to have him on my show. Yeah. Just the, well, one, of the one of the best. guys you can find a spot for. And yeah. It, it's really funny because you're the first guy that actually booked him as a heel that I'd seen. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Everywhere I'd seen him, he was a baby face. And I think I recommend him to you as a baby face. You, you switched him heel. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he, can do, he can do everything. I mean, in that match, he got a bit of seriousness. He got a brilliant comedy. Wiz does not get enough credit for his comedy. He, if you're going to do comedy in wrestling, 
do it straight faced so the audience get all the laugh. Don't laugh along with it if you're a heel. Straight face that. And Wiz is is fucking brilliant. I, I really hope he listens to this. If he doesn't listen to this, I'm, I'm going to tell him. Next time I see him, I'm fuck it. I'm going to tell him. He's just phenomenal. Really phenomenal. So, but we're going to have Sugar, Ritmo, Ryloid versus The Sovereign. So G Wiz, uh, who was the tag champ, uh, Sheikal Sham, tag champ, and Mark Morgan, G6 champ. Now, um, Sheikal Sham had to pull out of the show, unfortunately. And it was one of those moments where it took me all of about seven seconds to go, I'm drop- I-, I need to ring Mark, I need to message Mark. Um, you-, you were my only choice for this match. I didn't message anyone else. I didn't consider anyone else. I said, if I can get you in a message, I'm going to get you back on the show. Whether I've got to beg, whether I've got to fucking offer, offer you money, whatever I've got to do, you are the right person for this match. Um, you did have the G6, you did have the tag. Uh, you're now there with heels that are kind of running roughshod over person for you. Uh, you've wrestled Ritmo before, at, at, I guess, at House of Pain. You've um, hey, dropped the, uh, the G6 to Ryloid originally, who's now dropped it to Mark Morgan. It makes sense for the Sovereign to bring you in. At every conceivable angle, this made fucking sense. And you were the only person that I, that I messaged. As I said, if I can get you in a message, I'll get you on the show. That's crazy. <laughs> and you said, you know what, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. I said, cool. Don't tell anyone. I think he even said to you, don't accept the event invite. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I'm a stickler for the fucking um, details. And I thought if people see, oh, uh, yeah, Mark Lawler or yeah, coming along to, uh, to the show, maybe he's going to do something. Because we didn't announce... Yeah, the Sovereign's mystery opponent. I said, don't click on the right. event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, don't click on the event. Just just come along. Yep, yeah, cool. Blah, 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 whatever. Now, um, I think there's one point that we do differ on, because I know you said after the, after the show, you should have given you your own music. Yeah. Uh, to a point I agree, um... Knowing how late we were running, because I think it's like a six-match card with Kim again, Kim's promo going over. But it was a very emotional night because of the Joshy Brown Memorial Battle Royal. It was very emotional. Kim went over on a promo. Sugar did quite a long promo. Uh, people went over on their matches because um, we donated all the money to charity from the pitches during the interval. Lots of people wanted pitches, so the interval went went long. We couldn't give you your own intro. It just wasn't possible yeah especially with keith turning heel later earlier in the show as well couldn't yeah. do it so many segments and you could kind of hear the crowd were cool but if it had gone any longer the crowd would have been that <sighs> okay let's let, let's end the show let's fucking wrap it up so he said yeah not own own music just come out um and i was i was at the back of the the room for this match so when you came up and said to me you should have given me my own music I was stood with quite a large section of the crowd that um, Chris, the DJ, had brought in. They had never been to the show before. And he said, who's he? Because they, they had no idea who you were. Mm. Um, and seeing people's reactions from the backs of their heads and how they're reacting and stuff, there was enough people, like the regulars, you know, that book up that would have been in the first four, five, six rows and the front row of the tier, you know, the bit on the left, 
that went, oh, okay, fucking hell, it's him. But there was never going to be a, holy shit, it's him moment. And so I kind of thought, if you're not going to get that, why give it to him? Because it's just time that we've not got. Fair. Fair. Um, so again, as the show's titled, there was a method to my madness. So we just had to, just had mm. to call it and just yeah. do it. But, but the match, again, this is on my Mount Rushmore of uh, pressing few matches. I'll is it just my head on there now, Phil? Say that again? Is it just my head on this Mount Rushmore at this point? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you, you do feature on there you know, quite a bit. Um, it's a fantastic match. This match will go down as having you know, quite, quite serious. The stories make sense. There's a lot of heel involvement. You, know, all, you three are cheating like fuck. Um, sugar's over. Uh, Ryloid's doing very, very well. He's got a reason to hate all three of you. Ritman's got a reason to hate all three of you. Sugar is he's sugar. You know, he's the first ever Joshi Brown Memorial Battle Royal winner. He's made everyone very emotional. He's over as fuck anyway. And he's made Dan dance. He's made Tony the ref dance. Um, it's just, it's got everything in it. And Ritmo puts the little cherry on the cake, debuting the Silly Salmon. Mm. It doesn't get better than that. That match will stand up against any, from any card, from any year. So it's a bit indie. You know, you've, you've got your, your triple super kicks and... All this sort of stuff is great storytelling, start to finish, great action. The action never drops. The crowd know who to boo. There's none of that. Oh, I like to go and cheer for all the bad guys. There's none mm. of that. The crowd are booing the shit out of you three because you three are working the living shit out of it. They're cheering who they're meant to be cheering. It ticks every box. So, but as a performer, how do you feel about that match? I've, I've just sugarcoated it. So if, if you say it was shit, I'm going to look at right now. But how did you feel about it? It's really shit, Phil. <sighs> Damn it! Uh, no, not really. It was a, it was a, a hell load of fun. It was like you say, the heat was so, so thick you could almost slice it and eat it. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And that, like, I think there was only one spot that slightly went awry, but it was covered almost is, is well. It- is it um, Ritmo? Uh, G Wiz is tied up in the ropes. Ritmo's meant to do like a, a, a jump off his knee and hit you with a DDT. He's supposed to catch me like, and do like a tornado DDT by running yeah. up G and kick him in the face and that sort of thing. But it, it doesn't jump. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it just kind of like stumbles and you can tell it's a bit like, but if it, it, it covers, it's not a great blemish on, on the entire match. There's no dip. That's me nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, with with the finish as well. I think is I think it's a really nice finish. Um, mm. The heel the heels left you to it. Um, yeah. yeah they, they, they they kind of ditched you. You get triple super kicked. You take. Yeah. Um, I think it's a is it a brainbuster from Sugar, a senton from Rye, and yeah. I think. I, I don't know because I wasn't in the match planning this. I've only ever heard this. Ritmo was going to do a 450. Yeah. Decided to hit the Silly Salmon instead because everyone was ch- chanting Silly Salmon. It, it was more that I think it was Shug that put me in position for the 450 and Ritmo was like, that's way too close. So he just did the yeah. Salmon. Yeah. I mean, the, the crowd, you can see on Ritmo's face because the crowd had chanted it as he's going up and he just kind of goes, eh, all okay. right, fuck it. Yeah. Much e- much easier and it's over. Fuck it, why not? Gets the gets the pin yeah. on you. 
Um, you kind of skulk off, go in the back, and obviously we go into our little surprise of the evening. Obviously, it doesn't involve you, but we do have sugar throwing Ritmo and Ryloid to the Lions by doing the two cool dance that they yeah. didn't have any have have any clue whatsoever we were going to do. So, yeah, I think there's a triple super kick in there, wasn't there? And I'd, I'd literally <laughs> said to them, they'd put me down for the finish, and I said to Ritmo, I was like, I'm going to stagger up, and I want you all to kick me in the face. <laughs> Not yeah, it. I mean, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, triple, triple super kick, and just, yeah, perfect. I think you just you you can feel if there needs to be an icing on the cake, and it needs to be something nice. So, if you don't yeah, mean. <laughs> you, you, you want to send people home happy. You know, we had a, a very emotional night. We had some good stuff. We have keep yeah. turning heel, sort of officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the I say the Joshy Brown Memorial Battle Royal, and. Yeah, just really good, feel good moments. Send them all home happy. Send them all home dancing to the too cool music. Fuck it, why not? Um, yeah, yeah. G- great match, great show. One of my favourites, and I think the perfect way to kind of to bring you back for, for the show. Yeah. You you were the perfect yeah. fit. So I really hope that is as big of a compliment as I'm trying to make it sound. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. No, no, it's nice. So, yeah, we've kind of come to the end. That's your, you know, I'm not saying this is your life because I've not got like a big, big red boot to give you, but uh, that's your pro wrestling for you journey. Um, how, like, if you were to sum it up in just like one, one statement, one comment, instead of one match that stands out, um, what would you pick? What would you say? I would say it's uh, not necessarily defined my wrestling career it helped shape it in an extremely noticeable way like i think having that belt pushed me in that and opened up a lot of doors that probably wouldn't have been there otherwise so it's been wicked fantastic have you got one match that sort of stands out more than any other uh let, let's go with the g6 three-way Good choice. Yep, good choice. I would, I would happily take that one. I think so. I think that that or the the title change arrived because they were like literally about as far as we could go with it. Yeah, I, I mean, if if we'd have, I think if we'd have carried it, carried it on at that point, it would have just felt like we could, there's nothing new to be had at this point. It would have just been bring in some new people, carry on winning. Where do we go? But yeah, yeah, I think perfect time to, to call it a day at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I think I think we've uh, after oh god, uh, over three hours. We might I might chop this up into sort of two bits. I might just keep lay play all as one. You never know. Um if you've got any anything <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Is there anything that you wanna either promote, anything you wanna say to the person few fans? Is there anything that you just wanna put out there before we sign off? I I've got nothing to promote anymore and um, i don't wrestle anymore i've got no no skin in the game but i will say a couple of things that um i've learned if that that's okay with you go for it take, take it away okay so i would say to a lot of guys don't undervalue yourself i would say be transparent and always communicate with guys who are booking you your promoters because you would be surprised how how often they actually want your input they don't want you just to turn up for a match. If you've got input, you can help both of you, the promoter and yourself. Always do that. And then, like we touched on earlier, 
keep a record of what you're doing because you will want to look back on what you've done. And it's, you know, a lot of what we've talked about today, I've done off memory, but that's only because I've written it down. I've looked at what I've done. And when, when, when you get the chance to look back at it and appreciate it, it's absolutely ridiculous in a really good way. So make the most of it, record everything. That's it. And fucking fantastic. Mate, honestly, this has been an absolute fucking pleasure. But what I was so happy that you said, mate, I'm on board. It was just the easiest thing in the world. Because I didn't know how yeah. you were going to take it. I thought you were just done with wrestling, didn't want to talk about it. And just from, I think it was just from a tweet, I said, hey, do you want, do you want to talk about it one time? You're like, yes. Like, fucking hell, yes. Yeah. That, I'm that, sure. yeah. <laughs> because because that, that's a story like I always wanted to tell, because people don't know the road that you went down for like damn near three years. The getting to a point where, oh, okay, this, this next person's going to take over, that person's gone. They, yeah. People don't know that journey that you've gone down. So I'm so glad we've, we've got a chance to sit down and go through it all over the past sort of three hours and go through little bits and pieces that people wouldn't know. And I don't yeah. think we've left any great sort of stuff out of the stories. I think we pretty much hit absolutely uh, everything. Yeah. I think we have as well. It's been pretty comprehensive. Um, yeah. Thanks for doing this. It's it's actually been, as, as you said off air before, pretty cathartic to sort of actually now close the book on this for me. It, it's, been very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you you ain't so middle class then. It has been it's been a lovely day. This has been so great. Well, well, the test match at the cricket ground today. I've been around posh people all day. Oh god! <laughs> and, and you've been speaking to me, a bona fide working class uh, kind of stokey blokey. So uh, for three hours. So hopefully that's balanced it up. It's all good. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, ladies and gents, this has been Series 5, Episode 1 of Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. I've been Mr. Phil Woodvine. He's been Mr. Johnny Harpoon, Mr. Jürgen Heimlich, Mr. Jürgen, Mr. Mark Lasek. Just Mark, the awesome dude that he is. Uh, so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.